Holman, what's happening? How you doing? What's going on? I, uh, I We've got a lot of stories, a lot of great guests, but before we do any of that, I want to play a game with you. Oh, okay. All right. Please tell me it has that cheesy 70s game show music. <laughs> <laughs> that music? Yes. Uh, I cannot tell you the love I have for that little, that little piece of audio. Really? That little zinger right there? Yeah. I mean, how can you not be happy when you hear that? It is pretty cool. No, it basically makes me feel like a winner. All right, so I'm going to play a commercial. Okay. And I want you to tell me what year this commercial was released. Okay. I want you to close your laptop because I know it's open over there. Okay. Just just close it. It's closed. All right. All right. And are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Introducing the new Nissan ST Sport Truck at your Datsun dealer. One heck of a truck. Nissan's got stereo, carpeting, room, and double walls of steel. One sport of a truck. With the most powerful standard engine in its class. Get the lowest factory truck financing available, 8.8% only at your Datsun dealer. Oh my God, 8.8% financing (laughs) at double walls of steel. And a 2.4 liter engine. Hey, most powerful in its class. Yes, it was. What year, my friend? Uh, well, I am going to uh, guess that with 8.8% financing, uh, it was probably, that. that's a clue. I think the fact that they're talking about getting it at your Datsun dealership, or, right. you know, that's a clue because exactly. this, this was the in-between when uh, when Nissan rebranded in the country. Uh, I believe the, the, the story goes that they were here as, uh, the company was named Nissan, and they came over here as Datsun because they thought it sounded better than Nissan. And then for some reason went back to Nissan anyway. So there's a period uh, in the 80s uh, where there was Datsuns and Nissans and, and Datsun by Nissan or Nissan at your Datsun dealer. It was confusing for, uh, for us for a, for a short time, yeah. But I, I, I got to say that I like Nissan much better. Yeah, yeah. I, I do too. Although I, I heard that they're resurrecting the Datsun brand as a sub-brand for uh, affordable cars what? overseas, maybe India or China or something like that, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, so Datsun lives on today. So you established say, early 80s. I, I guess the early 80s. I'm thinking 82 or 83. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 1983. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, does that make me four for four on those? Right. Yeah, you did. You guys, last time we did old commercials, you got them all, and now you're on a four. So, wow. And his hair. Like, did you see his hair, dude? Like, oh, this, dude. this guy. One sport of a truck. Right when he says that, he looks, he looks out the window and looks right at the camera, and he winks. One sport of a truck. <laughs> hold on. I didn't, I didn't see the video. That's not the but announcer. That's the dude in it. No, no, no. And I didn't see it, right, because I'm just listening to it. I'm playing the game here. I'm imagining Fred from Scooby Doo. Oh my God! Is, is, does he? That's what the, identical to Fred. From is Scooby-Doo. he really? Yes. That's totally what was in what? my mind when I heard his voice. Are you kidding me? His hair is parted down the middle. <laughs> the whole thing, like what the heck? And so he's he's speeding down like a one lane road. It's kind of like uh, in horse country, somewhere probably in I don't know, Southern California is my guess. And and it has got a private road sign on the side of the road, but it's facing the wrong way. So he's driving out of the private oh. road. You know, she's so like a rebel. Another clue. One sport of a truck. <laughs> so uh, that reminds me of uh, our base model frontier. I know we've been talking about it forever. They actually emailed me this week. And they're like, hey, wh- what dates do you want the base model frontier? I'm like, oh, man, I've been so busy lately traveling. Yeah, let's get that Let's get that thing booked. So, now, uh, is that? One sport of a truck. <laughs> hey, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I have it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, I want to thank uh, Nissan for keeping it real all these yes, years. The Truck Show podcast presented by Nissan. We really appreciate them as our presenting sponsor. And, uh Great line of trucks, the uh, Frontier and the Titan. So if you're looking for a truck, head on down to your Nissan dealership and give them a try. Let's get into it. 
the truck show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck, cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. I wish you guys could only see us. We, we, we're like idiots. We're singing along with that. You can't see it, though. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I, I, <laughs> Why do we do that? I just love that intro. I do. It's like, I, I, I still love it. I loved it when I heard it for the first time, and it's, it's grown on me even more. It's I want to thank uh, Omar from K-Rock Radio in Los Angeles. Yes. He is the imaging director for the Kevin and Bean Morning Show, and he did most of our jingles. Um, I am guilty of creating a few. I'm sure you can tell which ones, but he did that one for us, and we appreciate it. I'm Lightning. He's Holman. It's the Truck Show Podcast, and we've got a lot going on for this show. We've, we're checking with uh, Sheldon Brown, chief engineer at TRD, Yep. and we've got uh, our friend Rory Connell on, and he's got a, a, a switching product for you guys that have, um, well, you've got light bars or train horns or... I don't know. You've got 12 wireless, Bluetooth. And we'll talk about that. Cool, so he's got cool. a great solution for a yep. problem and, that and everybody's got. Yeah, exactly. And then we've got uh, Nat from California Grilled Tees. And now, not not cheese, Grilled <laughs> Tees t-shirts. You're going to be interested yeah. in that as well. So cool story. I think we've got a lot, lot, lot going on. We're going to kick it off with Sheldon. But before we do, you guys need to send us an email. That's like, it's not up for grabs anymore. It's like, oh, I need it. No. no. We're looking for your questions. We're looking for... We're looking for you to contribute. Yeah, and you know we sent out a ton of T-shirts. Nobody has sent us a picture that of wearing the shirt. Weak, What's up with that? Weak sauce. I know. Weak please, sauce. please, if we, if we sent you a T-shirt, and by the way, there's a lot of you waiting. There's more shirts on the way, but uh, if we sent you a T-shirt, throw us a picture of you and your truck. We'd love to see it. We'll throw it on our socials, at Truck Show Podcast, on Instagram and on Facebook, and we'd love to see uh, where you are with our T-shirts and where, it made, where they may have made themselves... Uh, where they may have shown up around the world. <laughs> there you go. I was just going to let you hang out. And if you got questions, you may not realize this, but Holman is uh, hes very well versed in all things truck. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm just here for color. No, you're here to edit the show. <laughs> yeah, well, no, hopefully I serve more purpose than that. I'm trying to keep it moving. But, you know, Holman is a great resource. And if we don't have your answer, we can look it up and pretend like we did. Or we have people we can bring on the show and answer for you. That's and as you guys true. know, you've asked us for all sorts of things. We want so-and-so on the show or we want this topic. And we've been pretty pretty good about uh, figuring out how to work that into our uh, into our episodes. And so keep those suggestions coming because we want to know what you want to hear about. And we'll keep it going. You guys were asking about Toyota. Yeah. TRD. Yeah. And now we're bringing it. Oh. Like truckloads of it. We had Icon. We had Ted Moncure, who used to be the TRD chief. And then tonight, we've got Sheldon Brown, who's the current Tacoma TRD Pro chief engineer. So tons of Toyota content and tons of great stories from behind the walls of Toyota. Very cool. So Sheldon is not uh, he's not in the parts department. No, he no, no. Is he's in the inside job. He, oh, he's definitely the inside job. Okay, yeah. So he's, let's go. I just want you to know. And I have a very strong suspicion that this was an inside job. Mm. Inside job. Let's give him a call. 
Sheldon Brown. Sheldon, it is Lightning at Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. Lightning, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for talking to us. We appreciate it. Got a lot to cover. So, Holman, I, I want to jump in this with, with Sheldon. First, Absolutely. before, because you're, you're now officially, as we're calling you, king of TRD. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly, uh, that's an interesting title. <laughs> so, no, Sheldon is chief engineer, and at the end of the day, the engineers run TRD. I mean, it's you guys are so focused on... I mean, it's it's engineering first, yeah, sure. right? Performance and uh, making sure that these vehicles are a little bit different than their brethren by by having some different parts and kind of a different mission than the average Toyota, right, Sheldon? So king, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, I uh, uh, a king's only as good as the team that uh, that that uh, supports them. And to be perfectly honest, um, this type of product is the one that really you know all of our engineers love to be part of because it's it's really exciting. It's that uh, area where we really get to go after part of the performance and really make some something that's uh, not only fun to drive, but pretty cool to work on. So, uh, yeah, the TRD Pro is is uh, a lot of hand raisers for, for working on that part of the project, for sure. So is it a, a badge of honor within the halls of Toyota to be selected to be part of the TRD team? And then how does that <laughs> typically happen? Is it something where the chief engineer or king of uh, TRD uh, selects from his fiefdom? Or are there people who get appointed? How does that process work? And, and is it something that people really kind of cherish when they get on board? Yeah, well, you know, in general, um, uh, there's no real formal process for it, but but uh, obviously, we've, we've got a team of, of folks that really work together. One, you have to develop the, the core product, right? And then the team is working with uh, you know the, the other group of engineers who are really trying to bring in that uh, TRD Pro sort of flavor to it. So it really is actually a lot of collaboration between uh, the core product as well as... Um, uh, as well as the pro unit, what's so cool about the pro and 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 all the folks get to work on it, like we said, is is the fun part is getting out there, you know, getting to test the truck, uh, and really listening to what our customers are are talking and what we hear from our customer feedback, and um, making that all of a sudden become a reality. And that's the the really cool, I think, the challenging part of it, and I think also what really uh, appeals to um, everybody from from uh, the guys working on the baseline vehicle all the way up to the, um, uh, the I'll say the common or the unique parts. Do you have battles in the office between the engineers where one guy wants more off-road capability and then someone is more conservative and you and says, well, we need there's a trade-off and we want to make this more friendly on the highway and you guys like slug it out? How often does that happen? Well, I mean that's that's constant, right? And then that, that's, that's something that we're always talking about, right? Does it, it ever come uh, to blows? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, decorum is always. I'm taking your pocket but, uh, protector and all your pencils. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm breaking them and going home. That's right. Now that. The, but we, you know, we like to have a little bit of that. Um, you, you need to have a little bit of that, that uh, conflict uh, in terms of trying to really push one another. And so, when we look at it across our entire product spectrum, right, we, we need to. We there there's a there's a group that really wants sincere off-road performance, and that's really where we sort of tailor pro to, to those folks. But you know, I don't want you coming home with you, you know, with your your kidneys are sore because you've been bouncing around off-road, and then and then you know have to deal with uh, poor performance on, on the ride home. So that's that's where you know again we we have to find that balance. Uh, and then when we move into some of our other models when we get into for example our our, our sport models um, they're going to give you a little bit more of that you know less off-road but a little bit more of that tight feel for uh, a little bit more of the performance oriented you know driver and then we've got you know our general models and our limited that are going to be a little bit um, more relaxed and, and give you a little bit more of an on-road uh, you know for the on-road customers looking for a bit more of that luxury feel and you know that's really what makes trucks such an incredibly appealing product right across the entire lineup we go from you know a baseline or entry vehicle for you know the folks who depend on these things every day to work. You know to take to work as a as a vehicle of service. You know all the way up to some of our premium brands that are, are really you know 
an infusion of luxury into a very purposeful vehicle that you know people are using to drive their families around and, and you know take them off road and so it's it's a really interesting segment. You know, you touched on something with the interiors of the trucks and all the accoutrements that are coming with these days. Or as Winnebago Man said, accoutrement! Accoutrement! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when did that start happening at Toyota and TRD specifically? When you said, let's really spend a lot of attention on the interiors. Yeah, you know, over the last, um, it, it's really interesting, actually. If you really look at the entire evolution of the pickup truck, and sorry if I'm going a little bit off topic, I mean, going back to like the 1800s, right, it was literally like a horse and a carriage, right? That was like the, the genesis of the concept. Right. You had literally one horsepower. And, and this is this like, you know, open bed uh, carriage that you had, right? And, and over the years, it started to evolve into what we, you know, more recognize today as, as this sort of, um, you know, uh, the vehicle that we know it today. And with that, I think really in the last 10 to 15 years, we have really seen it come from, hey, this is, you know, don't worry, it's just a truck to now. The customer's expectation is very much different. Um, you know, they said, you know, why, why can't I have uh, the luxuries and the amenities? Why can't I have the technology that I have in, in my, my past car or in my SUV? And, and frankly, there, there's no good reason that they can't. And, uh, and I really think that's what's evolving in, in the market today. And um, our customers are expecting that. And, and it's really the best of both worlds. Along the lines of uh, customer expectations, is there anything yeah. that's super wacky that you've had at a clinic or something where somebody said, I want my Toyota truck to fly or, <laughs> yeah. or whatever? Like, is there any By the way, some Toyota trucks do fly. Well, they do. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and the pros land a lot better than some of the other ones. True, exactly. <laughs> because of the suspension. Um, but is there yeah. anything kind of where you were maybe even took a step back and went, wait, what? You want what? You know, one of the things that I'll tell you that, um, you know, we, we always get a lot is, is talking a little bit about now is the importance of, of how people are using these for both work and for family, right? And uh, we get a lot of input that you wouldn't realize. This has become the... I want to dare I say the the family hauler of uh, sure. of the of the next you know next generation absolutely and, and so we're seeing a lot of emphasis on again those amenities I want to have something that works for me on the weekends I can go out I, we can go camping but then it's great for for taking the kids uh, you know to and from uh, or, or their, even their just friends. something cool. as simple as the rear door opening big enough so your baby seat can fit in you know if you have right. a rear facing baby seat or um, you know a lot of trucks don't have you know at least in the lower trim levels a rear armrest and maybe you're carrying your two kids back there and you need armrests and cup holders. I mean, it's it's all those little things that really make a difference the in armrest everyday The armrest really kills me. No, I know. They, when they don't have armrests. Yeah, because your kids, they yeah. don't, A, they don't have a place to put their middle arms except for punching yeah. each other in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we call that the divider now, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, that's right. And that's and that was really, the I think, the, the advent of the crew cab. A lot of folks will say that was for, you know, the big working trucks. That was just so that your kids can be far enough back that they can't kick your front seat. Tacoma has obviously been a stalwart in the mid-size truck category. Uh, as most of manufacturers abandon the segment, um, Toyota stayed committed to it. Toyota's product has been with us for as long as anybody and longer than most. Um, but as you know, things are starting to creep in. People are coming back. You have Chevy Colorado, uh, which is a fantastic truck. You have the Ford Ranger, which is coming up soon. And when you're looking at the competition starting to get a little bit stiffer, is that driving decisions on what to do? For example, let's say uh, Chevy Colorado. It's got it. It's got it. Yeah, push decisions one way or the other. So one thing I loved, I love Toyota. I love the TRDs. The one thing that I wish Toyota would do is give you a reduced nanny switch or a nanny all off switch, which is something that 
Colorado does. But obviously, being a conservative Japanese company, they don't want to ever take back all of the control and let you drive on your own. However, the ZR2 has an all-off mode. So, you know, if Toyota's going to allow it in one product only, I would imagine it would be the TRD Pro lineup. Do you feel that sort of pressure from the consumer wanting, you know, to take back some of those controls? And is it something that Toyota will ever uh, allow their customers to experience? Tacoma is unique, right? Because as you suggested, Tacoma right now, we, we sort of have a, I'll say for lack of a better a leadership position in that, sure, absolutely. In that, in that segment. And um, so, you know, part of it is staying true to what got us where we are. And, and we talked about some of those principles before. Uh, the next generation, though, is not, being, is not being stagnant. So we're always looking at, you know, how do we integrate that with technology? How do we improve that drive experience? So we always are trying to balance, you know, what can we do to make the everyday drive better? Uh, and on the same token, how do we provide that performance incentive? So I, the nanny switch, I know is something we we always talk about. Here here we have this sort of uh, juxtaposition about the I'll say the weekend off roader who you know it, it's a great insurance package to have with you, right? Sure, absolutely. It, it's not always it's not always as, as bad as you think, right? You don't have to necessarily use some of these things, but it, it's a great thing to have in your pocket. You know, you're, you're heading down a trail. You, you maybe you pick the wrong. You listen to your buddy. You pick the wrong <laughs> line. His ball, right? Like, certainly you wouldn't have done that. Of course not. And, I would so, have. <laughs> yeah, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> the great part is you throw it in reverse and it kind of lets you reset and then. And, uh, and that's the other part, right? You know, some of these these features, especially like crawl control, works going forward, works going back. Let's just set up. It's like, it's like the do over switch. So <laughs> you know, you can you can you can have that opportunity um, to do some of that stuff on your own, and then uh, you know when you need it, you can press the button and. Uh, it, it beats the heck out of calling a tow truck, that's for sure. I will, ha- I will say that the Toyota crawl control works really well. I'm obviously a, a seasoned veteran off-roader. I don't need it. I like picking my lines. However, it's nice to have it, and when I've taken people who aren't into off-roading out, and for them to be able to concentrate more on driving and picking a line. Well, explain to me what it is, because to be honest, yeah. I don't fully understand the so, feature. So ca- crawl control is a lot like cruise control for off-roading. So you're in four low, you need to crawl over some lo- some rocks. You don't have to worry about working the uh, the brakes and the throttle. It'll keep a constant speed for you, and it's great for yep. novice off-roaders because it allows them to pick the line and get themselves through the obstacle rather than focusing on the four or five other parameters they need to do to get over it. And so it kind of takes away a little bit control. For, so for a guy like me, I'm never going to use it. But if I'm teaching somebody how to off-road, it's an amazing asset to have in the how truck. How does it decide on speed, et cetera? There's a knob, and you can decide. I think it goes up to, what, five miles an hour? Yep, and it's, it's it's incrementally controllable, so you can go as slow or as fast as you like, um, you know, through the, through the obstacle. And I think to your point, which is great, and actually you're a better spokesman than me. You can, <laughs> you can tell us the stuff. Um, I mean, what what makes it great is that ability to, you know, you have the ability to to we can ultimately sense the torque uh, at, at basically all four corners, right? And so we can provide um, the ability that, frankly, the driver can't, which is individual corner control and precise precise torque control. Certainly for throttle and experienced guys, right, you, you start to learn that, that deafness of, of the pedal and the, the gas pedal of the brake uh, while you're putting in your steering inputs. But um, really what crawl control is doing is really monitoring that torque on all four corners and, and really giving you the optimal torque uh, at each one of those corners. And that's what makes it so um, effective. I mean, you guys have probably seen the videos. I know we've run them before. We bury the vehicle in sand up to its up to its axle, and then we put on crawl control, and you watch it just spin enough to basically back the sand underneath the tires and, and just dig itself right out. It, so it's pretty it's insane. Pretty cool. it, no, it, it's, it's very cool. And, you know, it goes along the principle of, which I teach a lot of people, is if you're moving, you ain't stuck. And what I mean yeah, by that, right. if there's any rocking left from going drive to reverse at all, 
If you can even move an inch in either direction, you can get out of your stuck. And what happens is a lot of people go out there and they go, oh, my God, I'm stuck. And they hammer the throttle. And, of right. course, they're in four low, so everything's, everything's locked together. They dig themselves straight down to the, uh, to the frame, and then you're done. But as long as you're not yep. sitting on your frame high-centered, and as long as there's yep. any movement, if you can rock the truck back and forth and you can work the wheel, you can get out of the jam. And uh, we've done that on four-wheeler of the year, or uh, actually it was truck trend of the year a few years ago. We had a Super Duty, and one of our drivers decided he was going to go through a mud puddle off to the side of the trail. It, it was a little more than a mud puddle? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so then he's, he's like going, you know, trying to throttle through, and I'm watching the Super Duty's kind of moving side to side. And I'm like, stop, 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 stop. What? Get out. <laughs> you know? Swapped with him. Did a few maneuvers, popped it right out of the mud hole, and we didn't have to hook up a strap. So having crawl control for those types of situations where the computer is a lot more uh, deft or finite at, at throttle inputs than you are is really nice to be able to, to use it and, and get yourself out of trouble. What is another feature, Sheldon, that the, uh, the TRD Pro has that uh, looks out for the driver? Uh, we talked about crawl control. We've got the multi-terrain select. That, and that's just really a refinement of, you know, it helps you, again, uh, for the different uh, scenario, you know, loose gravel versus mud, et cetera. Uh, and then, you know, frankly, even on our, on our TS, we're even putting our TSSP nowadays. So, you know, when you're, uh, when you're on the way back home and you're, you're tired after the hard day of, of four-roading, you know, we've got our lane departure, um, you know, our automatic braking and some of those systems. So um, you, you don't lose the ability of safety. Now, now I highly recommend you, you, you can shut those systems down when you're off-road because that's not what they're designed for. But it's um, when you're back on the road and you're on your way home, um, you've got that sort of extra sense of uh, safety system looking out for yeah, you. Yeah, I think that stuff's great on the road. For me, I like to steer at the throttle. I like counter steering. I like choosing my lines. I like to you know, pitch it through a rut, through a corner. And a lot of times sure. the, the systems, as you well know, that work great on the street yeah. actually work against you in the dirt. Either they'll pull you off your yeah. line or it won't pull ABS out enough. So instead of allowing that dirt to pile up in front of your tire in an emergency braking situation where maybe there's a G out or something like that, if there's too much That's ABS, right. you'll go right over the edge. So there's definitely places where you want that sort of stuff. And there's definitely places where you want to be in control and you want to drive the vehicle. And I think it is the difference between a 5 tenths driver and a 9 tenths driver, right? The 9 tenths driver is going to drive yeah. that vehicle completely different than the 5 tenths driver, but it's the same vehicle. So am I, am I a 3 tenths driver? I don't know. I haven't seen you yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Like and to... it's, it's a good point. And the, and the TSSP really is meant for on-road, right? It's, but, but we give you the option, right? You can turn that all off. So, um, but, you know, some of the things that the guys like, they do like are, you know, the ability to keep the brights on and, and use those right with the automatic high beams. Again, you know, if you're, if you're running at night, just to give you a little bit more light. But, again, when we talked about Pro, right, Pro is meant to be the vehicle you can take away on the weekend have legitimate fun on the trails, have a legitimate vehicle that can, you know, truly do the off-road um, circuits, and then you can drive it back home and drive it to work on Monday. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're great vehicles. I think, uh, honestly, one of the most underrated four-wheel drive uh, vehicles out there is, is the 4Runner TRD Pro. Gobs of articulation. It's got link and coil yeah. in the back, so it rides great. Um, I think yep. with the upgraded shocks, you know, you get... A, a different ride dynamic than you do with the with the uh, pickup trucks. Having a shorter wheelbase, it's a little bit more maneuverable. I've actually taken the Forerunner up some trails following Jeeps that w I was shocked we got on without any damage. It's it's really really an impressive vehicle. Have you tried that with our, our KDSS system as well? Uh, I did, but it was a long time ago in a GX470 when KDSS first okay. came out. And so it's been a number sure. of years since I felt it. And I haven't felt it on anything in the last probably seven or eight years. So it's been a while. 
Well, and, and it's, it's great too, right? Because the ability <laughs> to get rid of the uh, the torsion bar there and, and get even more articulation. So, uh, when you get down to that four low creep mode and you need to have that suspension geometry really at its uh, you know top top end, um, it gives you that extra that, that little extra oomph to get over that uh, that hard to pass rock. All, all I know is that uh, when I want to get over that hard to pass rock. I open the hood and I unplug that certain one thing that makes the uh, whole dash light up like a Christmas tree, and then it takes all the nannies away. <laughs> and then I can just drive it. I know it. not of what you speak. <laughs> oh, we'll have to talk about this later when he's off the phone. Yeah, right. There, there, is, there, are, there are a couple workarounds that okay. for, for people who love to drive. I'm just saying I'm not, not – by no means am I endorsing this, and by no means is Toyota endorsing this. I'm just saying if you love driving off-road – and you've right. driven a pro and you feel like it might be a little too invasive in terms of the electronics, there is a workaround, and the truck absolutely comes alive. I mean, not that it isn't fun already because it's a hell of a lot of fun, but it's a little I bit more fun. I think I enjoy what Sheldon built into the vehicle stock. I think that's, Yes, that's you are funny. the guy that would enjoy that. <laughs> now, I would, and, it, but I, and it's great because – oh, sorry, go ahead. I would Apologies. say I would also enjoy you driving it. So if Holman is driving it with the nannies off or with the fuse pulled or whatever it is that you're doing under the hood, I'm enjoying that. But for me – I love that stuff built in. Yeah. I'm taking yeah. full advantage of that. Sheldon, I have a question. What is your What is your yeah. background? How did you get to be chief engineer, TRD? That is, and I was joking in the beginning with you being king, but this is legitimately yeah. a, an amazing title to have at a really wonderful company. A, a dream job. Yeah, it really is, honestly. And I'm, I'm I, I, you know, kind of pinch myself every day, right? Like you get to you get to work on trucks and and they pay you to do it. That's pretty cool. Um, but you know, I, you know, honestly, I've been with Toyota for about 23 years, and I, um, oh wow, when I first Congrats. started, yeah, well, thanks, yeah, it's been, uh, it feels like yesterday, but uh, but it's been a while. Um, it, you know, I came out of school and was was looking for a job, and I, you know, as much as I wanted to to travel the world and go see everything there was to see, uh, I just had a passion for vehicles, and I, I just I loved cars and uh, cars and trucks and pretty much in all their forms, and uh, I knew I, I knew that's kind of you know as much as like I said I wanted to do something different that's that's what really that's what really you know sort of inspired me so i had an opportunity uh as i went and, and interviewed um a lot of the, the jobs at first were were looking at um uh we're, we're looking to you know be like in a manufacturing environment which is great but but i really wanted to be in the product design area and um probably one of the last interviews i took was with toyota uh you know i thought it was sort of a hail mary went in there interviewed and uh they said hey we got a position in design and i was like ah, i'm in so that's awesome um, wow Oh, some of Not my favorite people. Some of my favorite people are product designers and engineers. I mean, there's just something about that role. It, it attracts a certain type of person, and it's such a fun, interesting, exciting job. And and all you guys who have that job, I'm super jealous because it's I get to interact with you guys. But what a what a cool experience. And honestly, Toyota has been just a, a fantastic company to work for because, um, you know, what I love about the engineering teams here and really all the folks from from top to bottom is just to focus on product. Um, this cons this this idea of, of continuous improvement. You know, we talk about Kaizen, but it, it's it is really a, it's part of life here. It's really what we do. It's always trying to make it better. How do we how do we improve it? You know. What we did yesterday is just not enough. How do we make it better? And uh, just it's from top to bottom, great people, passionate about our products, and uh, couldn't ask for a better place to be. Well, for someone who wanted to follow in your footsteps, where did you go to school? What kind of training did you have coming into this gig? 
looking at now, uh, my, my background was in mechanical engineering. And then, like, like I said, when I got in here, I really just immersed myself in product design. First half of my career was really bouncing around from project to project. Um, got to work on a lot of sedans, to be honest, in the beginning. Um, you know, all of, all of our, a lot of what we did was the Avalon and Camry. And, That's called paying um, your dues. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least those truck guys. <laughs> You know, it is, but it's also, you know, for me at least, I, again, I'm kind of a car geek. There's something that you can, you know, attach yourself to. And from a development standpoint of view and a product design, you know, it's 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 making the best product, whatever that product is. Um, because there's somebody out here, you know, that you're building this for. And uh, to me, that's always been one of the most rewarding things about being in this industry is, you know, a couple years later when you're done, look back, you see it in the showroom, you see it on the floor, you get to hear someone write a cool uh, article, hopefully, about it. And uh, you think, hey, you know, I had a part in that. And I, I think that's part of the rewarding part of being in this in this business but yeah i did that and then i moved into the the product development office which is you know the chief engineer's office here and, and i've been there for the, the second half of my career and i bounced around i worked in uh, sienna i worked on the the lexus projects and then um, spent a couple years in alternative powertrains worked on the rav4 ev and then most recently this proof of concept that you, you may or may not have seen the the portal project which was a uh, proof of concept of, of putting in fuel cells uh, into a class eight, uh, semi truck. Oh yeah. Really yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So we've talked about that. Where are semis and, you know, full size trucks going in the future for alternative fuels, et cetera. Is that the direction? The, the, the proof of concept that we worked on the alpha truck was really to show that we could take literally two Mirai fuel cells, put them into this, um, class eight. Obviously we had to build a, you know, a, um, a bespoke transmission and a bespoke, uh, motor for this. But the great part about, you know, electric motors is torque, 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 right? When you're yeah. talking about 80,000 GVW, um, two things that are great. One is not having to shift a lot <laughs> and having torque up the up the wazoo, and that's really what we can do. Is that a uh, technical um, term from the engineering department? Torque, torque up the wazoo? Uh, it is. Wazoo, yeah. wazoo <laughs> yes, it is. It's, um, it's one we only break out, though, for the, 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 the top <laughs> Those are show, measured so. in Newton wazoos. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, exactly. But it, it is really, it's a compel, it's a really compelling product, and, and uh, Andy Lund and, and uh, Takioku and some of the team, they're, they're working on how do we realize that uh, in, in the future into what I'll say is more of a more of a commercially based product as opposed to this sort of, you know, proof of concept. But we were really focused on showing how we could make it scalable. And really the, the I, I'd like to think is where, where does the electric powertrain, does it have a place in this sort of market that's been predominantly diesel? And I think that when you're looking at alternative fuels or alternative powertrains for that semi market, and obviously we're not semi experts or anything like that, we're truck guys. Um, although I've driven a semi once and it's freaking cool. Yes. <laughs> um, right. But yeah. I will tell you that to me, a fuel cell makes more sense than straight electric. Um, part of it is the ability to have fuel on board and not having to recharge such a massive battery pack, uh, but still getting all the benefits of the electric powertrain. And um, so to me, I think fuel cells make a lot of sense. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I know there's a lot of competitors out there uh, sort of in the I don't know if we should call it the vaporware space, <laughs> but sure. lots of people are making noise in semi-trucks. It'll be interesting to, interesting to see if any of those come to fruition. Yeah, and, and there is a lot of competition, but like I said, I think there's, uh, to your point, um, the energy density and how we're able to put that together with the trade-off. Because honestly, for those folks, uh, and, I mean, that, that business is all about, you know, what is your total cost of ownership? So, you know, it's it's about carrying a load, the ability, every, every pound that you got on your truck is a pound you can't carry. So, um, you know, it's important that you look at those trade-offs, and I think that's it is really compelling for the I'll say the um, the, the vehicles, uh, the ability to how quickly we can refuel them, and then really how much you know 
how much energy we can carry at, at what at what mass penalty. Yeah, and then also at what speed, right? Because the faster you go, the sooner you deplete your energy. Whatever it is, whether it's diesel or we electrons. go forever at seven miles an hour. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, That's but right. but being yeah. able to turn those trucks around fast enough for them to drop off a trailer and pick up the next load and refuel fast enough, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's definitely a fascinating. If if anybody who's listening, I, I know we have a lot of truckers out there. We get a lot of emails from truck drivers. Um, just the logistics and supply chain, everything that goes into that entire industry it is fascinating. Um, all the moving parts and pieces that that make it possible for you to get goods from one end of the country to the other. I don't think people put any thought into that. It's, it's no, no, no. If, if trucks stop no. moving, then Done. commerce is over. Done. Instantly. Yeah. yeah. A crazy statistic, and, and just and only because I was you know involved in this project, we did a lot of emphasis on looking at just drayage, right, what was happening in and around the ports of Los Angeles. And uh, fundamentally, that there's something like to the tune of 16,000 trucks come in and out of that port oh, every God. single day. Wow. And, they, and they're all on the 710 freeway yeah, oh, they, by my house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right? Dude. Exactly, yeah. What do they call that? Uh, right down that, yeah, the 710 there is, um, um, you know, it's and, and, and there's, you know, the things that go along with it. A lot of diesels, got a lot of trains, a lot of ships. A lot, lot of really crappy of roads. That 710 yeah. has the worst. Tra- I remember I used to take my motorcycle and ride around the ports because you could do wheelies and do stupid shit out there. Nobody cared, right? Nope. Right. Do whatever. Yeah, it is. you can <laughs> still. Well, they have port, yeah. port police, but you can still but, do some of that stuff. Yeah, you, yeah, depending on when you go, you can kind of get we away with it. We did it. You know what? We did it. We uh, what two years ago when we got the Willwood brakes yeah, on, yeah, on yeah. my truck. And the bra- went, yeah. I went down there with one of your editors. Yeah, and just slant. We're doing sure. like sixty to zero Literally. stoppies, and nobody cares. Yeah, nobody. Cared. Jason and Gonderman and I did a couple uh, tests with a uh, with pickup trucks, um, zero to sixty and quarter mile mm-hmm. and stuff out. There. I mean, and just nobody around. But I remember being on my bike, and you take the seven ten north to get on the four hundred five where I would go home. Just the worst truck. It was like off roading. It was like you know on a dirt bike. It was so rough. I can't take my my Mini Cooper because I'm on 25 series tires. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, it'll mangle you, my wheels. You're kissing, you're yeah. kissing uh, rim there. On oh that yeah, one. yeah. You're puckering that butt is really oh, like, oh, uh-oh. Sorry, we're a little off topic here. <laughs> yeah, so, no problem. So Sheldon, where do you see TRD yeah. Pro going in the future? Obviously, it has grown from the Baja TX and and the TRD lineup and sort of merged into this top tier product and 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 really holds a ton of weight. I mean, from a branding strategy, the fact that TRD Pro has become such a top echelon brand in such a short amount of time, it's got to be sort of a crown jewel, at least in the truck market for, for Toyota. Where does it go from here? Well, you know, I think that's, that's, a, that's a great question. It's one that we're, we're talking about every single day here. Uh, you know, with 19 model year, you kind of saw we refreshed, right? We, we're starting to try to bring a little harmony across the, the family. So uh, we talked a little bit about starting with, uh, with the Tundra, and it was in the Bilstein, and then Tacoma switched over to the Fox, and now you've seen uh, Tundra with the 2.0 come over to Fox. You see Forerunners on with Fox. And really, it's we want to progress the image across our entire truck brand, and and continue to push it forward to the next step. So part of the exciting part is really where do we want to be with that? And um, honestly, that's what we've got pencils of the paper doing right now. So it's uh, it's an exciting feature. I can tell you that we've got some some cool things coming out. Um, you know, we had our uh, we had our desert air intake that we we showed on our Tacoma. Which was I was going to ask you about that. By the way. Fun. All of our listeners are going, what's a desert air intake? It's a snorkel, yeah. but they're not allowed to say snorkel because the lawyers don't want you that deep in water in the pickup truck. <laughs> so the marketing, I'm, I, I will tell you, Sheldon cannot tell you this. I can tell you this. It's designed to be a snorkel. However, the marketing material will tell you that the intake is above all the dust when you're running on the trail with your buddy, which is why it's called the desert intake. 
Interesting. <laughs> well, and, and, and the truth behind that, and to be a hundred percent transparent, really, it was you know that, that truck is it's it's sort of DNA, right? Is Baja sort of racing, oh, absolutely. Right? And, and and even when you think about water fording, which is not something that we uh, we really try to, to publish <laughs> or promote in any of our vehicles, it's always your weakest link, right? And and unfortunately, that up there, there's a bunch of other things that you're going to have to worry about long, long, long. Oh yeah. And so, but uh, it is really trying to get clean air into the vehicle. And you know, at first, I, I think there's a lot of folks that thought it was really just a snap on, but no, it's it is. Uh, uh, believe you me, it is directly connected right into the air box. And, and OE quality, I mean, OE designed, OE engineered, OE quality. Well, but that, that's the thing with TRD. Though. Yeah, I mean that's it's, that's why everyone wants it, right? Because you're going to get a factory developed product. But just you know, as Sheldon was saying, just because the intake's above your roof doesn't mean that you should be looking at your windshield and seeing water or fish. That is a bad place to be yeah, in a truck that, for everybody that. out there. <laughs> do not yeah. do not be that guy. So you don't want to <laughs> yeah, go fishing or, uh, in the pond with your truck. No, right. no, no. It's it's good if you got to cross a flash flood uh, area. Well, d- never cross a flash flood. Let, no. Let me take that back. Yeah, right, yeah. If you're in the desert and you have to cross some water that you know exactly the depth and all that good stuff and you have to water for it, great for that for that 100 feet. Then get back to the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna get me in trouble with legal here. I got <laughs> no, but I mean that was a lot of fun. And I'll tell you what, we uh, we had a couple of the vehicles we get to drive around. And we get a, we get a lot of looks, and uh, you know a lot of people are like, what what in the world is that? And so it's it's fun. It's uh, and and I think you know it's part of that image thing, right? It's uh, it's uh, I'll say one third cool, two thirds super super functional and and, uh, and and pretty cool. So all right, well Sheldon Brown, chief engineer at Toyota TRD uh, Pro Tacoma, and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, thanks so much for making the time for us and getting to talk trucks tonight on the Truck Show Podcast. Hey, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks again. I look forward to uh, talking to you more down the road when we get some uh, fun new product. All right. Thanks, cool. Sheldon. Thanks, Sheldon. All right. See you now. Bye. Bye-bye. During that interview, yeah. you gave me my new porn name. No, I didn't. You, well, no. Yes, you did. Nope. You <laughs> said Lincoln Coil. And that's my new porn name, Lincoln Coil. You're talking about what a rear suspension, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that Isn't is that cool, Lincoln that Coil. Is, that is completely, completely, totally disgusting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Truck Show Podcast with Lincoln Coil at home. Man. <laughs> that is no Lincoln Coil. Hey yeah. baby, Lincoln Coil. No, I'm not going to do it. It's either that or uh, it's a death metal band from Sweden. No, no, no you, <laughs> Lincoln Coil. No, no, no. no? You, it's it's your middle name in the street you grew up on. No, I like Lincoln Coil. Mine would be Patrick Raphael. It's what? What is it? Patrick Raphael. No, no, no. no. What is the? What's the? It's uh, your middle name in the street you grew up on. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I'm. Oh yeah, because I'm Edward Nordic. <laughs> <laughs> That's way better than Lincoln Coil. Yeah, it is. Oh man! Oh, see, it works every time. I'll be Edward Norton or Edward Nordic, <laughs> and you be your. What are you again? Patrick Raphael. No, nah, I don't like that. You don't like that? No, it doesn't. Well, I mean, if you, yeah, if okay. you're trying to swab about and get the ladies. Different str- how about a different street that I lived on? Okay. Patrick Luna. No, no? Raphael's better. Raphael's better? I think yeah. so. Patrick Raphael. Patrick Raphael. You, I can't say what it I, without saying it in that voice. Patrick Raphael. I don't often do porn. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't often do home videos, but when I do, they're pornos. <laughs> what oh, happened? We went sideways. Oh, Sorry, guys. Oh, reel it in. Trucks, <laughs> Lincoln, trucks. Lincoln, let's, Lincoln, do, let's do trucks. <laughs> Holman, is that the shirt that I gave you? So, funny story about that. What? Uh, so, I really love the shirt company. Okay, it, so wait. for Obviously, no one can see this. Oh, right. You're wearing a Ford F100. Well, it's the grill, grill. suction. Yeah, right? grill the, t-shirt. The grills. Did I say suction? Yeah, it's the grill, <laughs> grill section. Yes. Right? It's got the Ford emblem across yep. the FORD and the grill and the headlights and so, license plate. So, funny yeah. story about that. It's, it's black and white. Yeah, there's a cool, there's this company. 
and they do T-shirts that are just grills, and it's called California Grilled Tees. And, I know. They sent yeah. me the shirts, and right. they were too small, and I give them to you. And, so and, I, and by the way, <laughs> borderline. It shrunk. All right. oh, this this yeah, is an extra medium. This is an extra, <laughs> extra medium. No, so uh, so I was already a fan of them, and when you said, hey, do you want some shirts? I went, yep. hey, I already know these guys. The, the guy who owns it, he and his wife, um, so he's a photographer, and uh, he decided to find like these old cars and trucks in California neighborhoods, would take a picture of it, and then he made T-shirts out of them. And each T-shirt's named after the neighborhood where he found that vehicle. No kidding. Yeah, just kind of a cool entrepreneurial sort of thing. And I, I actually found their shirts. Uh, Aaron Kaufman on a few of the old Fast and Loud episodes wore their California license plate shirt. The classic yellow and black California license plate where right. it's a black shirt and it says California in that font and everything. The ones that are all popular again. Totally, totally popular. And uh, so when I saw that shirt, I go, oh, who are these guys? And that's how I found them. And then I, I wear them because they're, they're freaking cool. So Yeah. Uh, I thought maybe we could have them on the podcast and sort of talk about their journey as as did artists. Did you line this up already? You already? I, I did. Of course you did. Wait, but wait, before you dial, I we don't have an intro for him because I mean he doesn't. He's not really in the parts department. No, he he's, he's more a, of an entrepreneur. Yeah, right? but, but we've been talking about doing an entrepreneur intro and we still haven't done it yet. Like, are we ever going to update our intro? We'll just do one right now. You ready? All right, okay, here we go. It's time for. Entrepreneurs? No. That sounds horrible. That doesn't work. Why are we in a giant echo chamber? This is funny. Okay, here we go. Entrepreneur or manure? Sure, entrepreneur manure. Your part is either awesome or it's not. All right, go ahead and dial. Hello? Nat, it's Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Good, fellas. Good. Thanks for having me on. Of really course. Appreciate it. We were yeah. just talking about your awesome shirts. Oh, fantastic. I hope I hope I sent the right sizes. Well, <laughs> I may I, I put on a couple pounds. Lightning I think, might last be time a, you saw me. Lightning might be extra extra. When extra I medium. left the radio station, I went to more of kind of a desk job. You would think that radio, you're behind a mic and you're I was for whatever reason I was more active. And so it's not like I put on 100 pounds or anything, but I think I was probably I'm, I'm probably 15 up and that 15 gotcha. That 15 put me What over he's a trying size. to tell you is he so, tried one on, looked like a baby tee on him, so he may need to go back to the well. It for wasn't one. like a belly shirt or anything, <laughs> you know what I mean? But so so Holman, okay. Holman is now the proud owner of, of two uh, California Grilled Tees shirts, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll work on getting you the right size, then. Yeah, not sure. a problem. How did you start California Grilled Tees? What, and, and so we just, Holman actually did a little bit of research, and he knew that you were taking photos, which is pretty cool because you're not just lifting photos off of Google. Google, which is what most, most people, people do. do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what happened was I I, uh, the, uh, the, I had this uh, regular route where I would walk my dog most nights, and there was that 1983 Cadillac Eldorado behind the chain link fence in this in this uh, uh, apartment complex, and I and I kept walking by it, looking at it, thinking it was the coolest picture that I never took. Um, and then one uh, one morning, actually, the light was perfect walked past it and decided I'd had enough and took the dog back to the uh, apartment, grabbed the camera and came out and shot, uh, shot the photo and um, worked on it for a little while um, and put it up on my photography website after I got it, got the black and white version that I liked the most. And um, I got a call from a client that uh, had, had purchased some work from the website uh, prior and uh, he he we started talking about it. He wanted a, he ended up wanting a life size 
print um, on his wall. So uh, I had never done anything to that scale before. And we both agreed it'd be uh, a neat idea to, to uh, put it between a couple pieces of plexiglass. So it's just sort of floated there on the wall as if it were actually coming through. Oh, that's oh, kind of cool. Way cool. And um, but got it up there and, and he was really pleased with it. I'd never made so much money off one photograph. And um, so I decided to start advertising the photography website with a T-shirt. How did you wait, the, wait? Stop for a second. How did you decide on the price? Uh, so I did it. I did. I, I did the 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 artist math, which is uh, in 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 order to stay solvent, you you double what you spend on it and then add sixty percent. Oh, I didn't know that there was such that an sounds equation. Like, it sounds like the restaurant business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's you you automatically want to what like a sixty six percent markup to uh, make a profit. Um, but in the art world, your sales, unless you're uh, you know, uh, a contemporary guy who's off the charts, uh, uh, and you're selling like wildfire. It's, it's, if, if you, if you get the opportunity, you want to, you want to get yourself in a place where you can keep doing what you're doing. And um, so how does this photo spin into shirts? I didn't get much business from, uh, from the, from the website, uh, but I wasn't getting a ton to begin with, but, um, everybody, I would wear the shirt and everybody would comment on it and they wanted the shirts. So, therein is uh how how the idea was born because i would i would i would see all these cars along the way in different places driving to and from work all the time um and and it became clear to me that uh you know there's this 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 southern california car culture is uh different than any place in the world and there are people in everyday drivers that are just absolutely amazing cars and they're and they're right out in front of you everywhere so the, this little germ of an idea that I had success with in one way and became an advertisement for an initial website uh, via a T-shirt uh, uh, sort of morphed into maybe we'll get two or three of those together. There was a, a conveniently directly across the street from where the Cadillac behind the chain link fence, there was a, a silk screener. And so I brought him the Cadillac and a 1964 Comet um, that I shot in Echo Park many uh, around uh, roughly around the same time we did those first two just real short runs um and then uh, my wife who's uh, who uh basically does all all the uh, runs the company does everything basically uh had the had the idea we were watching gas uh the gas monkey garage had the idea of sending uh, a couple of shirts to Aaron because she liked his beard. Which is uh, how I found you guys because I was watching Fast and Loud and I saw Aaron wearing the California license plate t-shirt. I go, dude, that's a cool t-shirt. And I immediately Googled it, found you guys, and then ended up buying, I've bought a couple of those t-shirts over the last couple of years. So you got some good SEO going right there. It, it was unbelievable. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's like, like uh, this is a wonderful marketing opportunity you're giving me now. Uh, what Aaron did for us back then was, was, was um, I can't, I still remember coming in to, I was at my friend's house in Pasadena and he, he had us over for dinner and he's, and he, we walked into his room and he's like, have you ever seen this show? And I was like, oh yeah, that's Gas Monkey. He had it on, uh, on you know, he had recorded it. Uh, I said, yeah, that's Gas Monkey. He's like, yeah, well, have you seen this episode? And I said, I don't, I don't know. And he hit play, and then Aaron comes on the screen in, in uh, what they call the, the OTF interview, where he's talking about what, whatever happens during the building. He's wearing the Comet t-shirt, the gray 1964 Comet t-shirt. That's got to be like and, if you're uh, a musician and the first time you hear your music play on the radio or something like that, right? Like, yeah. Like it, it was, you, did you just stop in your tracks and like, 
stare at it and and like what was did you immediately put take a picture of the television screen and throw it out on socials or or what or happened? did you, or did you call your mom and say I made it? <laughs> yeah, all, all of the above. Uh, and how no. fast till till you they broke your website trying to buy that T-shirt? Well, it was it, it took it took about a week week or two after that first episode that, that started to get interest. But I didn't we didn't really we were we had just begun didn't really know. Uh, advertising wise how to how to go about it or anything like that but but people and i had also read read an article about uh, uh about how the how the shopping has changed the millennials in uh in particular are they, they love the challenge of finding uh, uh, how, how to you know oh it's the hunt the right yeah. it's the yeah, hunt the for hunt, sure the hunt is half, half because the t- it's not the t-shirt the t-shirt actually ends up being the trophy for the hunt right and Precisely. It, and it's it's the experience of you know it's almost like my wife and i watch like house hunters or something like that and they'll be like oh in why Santa Ana, california i'm like <laughs> i bet you i can find that house and i will sit there on zillow and about nine out of ten times I can find the exact house and we can see the history of the listings and all that kind of stuff but again so it's, it's it's the hunt it's fun it is that, that there, there, uh, and, and that's also that's also an excuse for me to being a little bit lazy as well as far as as far as pressing the marketing button at the time I, I we're we're both full-time the two of us run this thing out of out of our garage and and we're both full-time in other uh, in other pursuits so jumping in, that way uh, wasn't necessarily feasible at the time, but then, like like we're talking about it, it started to take care of itself. Um, I, I did I did push a little uh, harder. I went after uh, Hemmings Magazine. There's a the, the guy uh, edits the um, he's the editor for Muscle Machines and Hemmings Classic Cars. Uh, I sent him a couple of photographs uh, uh, about two years ago now, and he ran. Uh, article, well, little blurbs in the front of both of those magazines last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, advertising that they're talking about the project, uh, both the the photographs. I sent Sean. I sent you the, a couple of examples yeah, of amazing. Uh, recent ones. Yeah. Thank the, you. the prints, very very cool. I'm in fact was uh, looking for a frame to to put them in. So I appreciate Fantastic. that. Very cool. Yeah. For sure. Well, uh, uh, Daniel, the, the the editor was was at first interested in the photographs because I sent him an example of one, uh, and then we got to talk in uh, both on the phone and uh, via email. And I sent him a couple of those shirts, and so he did. He did. The first thing was about the port, uh, the, um, the the photographs, and then later in classic uh, cars, uh, about a month and a half, or the the following month, I guess. Uh, he published one in uh, the, about the T-shirts. In, um, is this coming to a point where you can quit the day job, or it's we're not, not there yet? Okay. It's not when 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 Aaron left the show. Uh, uh, Christmas is a special time where we, we they're flying off the shelves in Christmas. But when when Aaron left Gas Monkey, it, you, you, there was a noticeable decline. Now it still pays for itself. It's still it's still solvent, and it's it's the biggest thrill in the world to have a kid from from Poland order of order one of my photographs. I, I'm curious, um, when did the trucks come into play? And right now you have the Atwater Village, you have the Altadena, which is the one I'm wearing because I'm a F100 guy. Right and on. you've got the uh, the Culver City, which is the uh, the new one that you guys just came out with. Those are all trucks. At what point did you realize the trucks were important? And then maybe tell us a story about each of those three trucks and how you found them. The, the Culver City actually, uh, uh, timeline-wise, was the first truck that we did it, and it was our first color. I'm a camera operator in Hollywood. I work on myriad television shows all over town, and this particular one that I was on for that week was uh, at Sony Studios down in Culver City. 
And uh, I parked, I parked my car in the lot and was walking toward the stairs going down and, and there it was. And so and I, I might like I, the project dictates that I carry my camera with me wherever I go because I go all over Los Angeles any given week I can be in two or three different studios. Uh, so I walked back to the car and, and made that image. And um, and that was a mid-50s GMC, right? I was told by an expert uh, uh, that it's a 59. 59, uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm less about, uh, the, less the car expert and more the photographer. Sure, you know what I'm saying. it's all, all about the uh, eye. Uh, the Altadena and uh, the Atwater Village were actually, Just for our, our audience, the, the Altadena is a um, 73 to 79 Ford uh, dent side, but it's an early one because it's got the round headlights, so it's probably really like a 73 or 74, I'm guessing. And then the, uh, the Atwater Village is a 67 to 72 Chevy C10, obviously have a ton of love for that one, um, and it's the, the, the double-slotted grill, not the egg crate grill. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, no, no. Holman knows his trucks. There's no question. You, you can't. Why did you call these, why did you name these after the cities? For trademark oh. reasons? Or is it because you're like, well, I'm not really a car guy, so this covers my ass. It's more be, more where I find them. Uh, the, the 59 GMC was at Sony Studios in Culver City. It becomes the Culver City. This, it's, it's, it's about, uh, the project is about, the landscape of Los Angeles being filled with these classic everyday drivers that, that I, I mean, I challenge you. I mean, you might, you might find a 59 GMC in Ohio, but you're, you're not going to, it's not something that somebody's going to be driving to a movie studio every day. It's I, to me, like the, just, just the fact that the streets are littered with these wonderful examples that, I mean, that, that 59 had the greatest patina in the world. And that, I mean, the guy was, and the fact the that it's color, you see the patina in the photo. That was, and that was Christina's idea. I printed that, printed that one up and uh, Christina's my wife. She, she saw it in color and she said, she was so excited about that shirt when we first did it. Uh, so I, I think uh, I think what you're missing here is you're missing a Huntington Beach, and I've got a okay. '67 uh, F100. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, maybe I should park it on the street and have you uh, come by. What's cool right. about it though is the tailgate. The way the tailgate's painted on it is really neat and super clean. Oh, yeah? I okay. think you should do a a special uh, Huntington Beach one, and instead of the grill, do the tailgate. I've had people. I mean, everybody's got uh, 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 a lot of advice for you once once they once they buy a shirt from you, sure, you get of phone calls and things like that. They, I, uh, everybody's talking about. Well, you got to have the back on the back of the shirt, and to me, oh, that's interesting. I mean, all all of a sudden that becomes. I mean, it's an expensive T-shirt to begin with because we do it old school with the with the uh, with the silk screening. So if you're going to do screens for both the front and the back, and then uh, ink on both the front and the back. By the end of it, it's going to be it's going to be a very expensive T-shirt. Mm, you're going to the wrong but, silk screener, my friend. You're up in LA. You got to you got to. I'll hook you up with the right guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I know your quantity your quantities are small and all that, but we can we can get your price down. Okay. I can help right, you. Light, Lightning is also in the shirt business, so he he uh, he knows some people. I've owned a retail clothing store for almost 16 years. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Well, we we need we need we need retail clothing stores to place big orders with us. So we bring our, well, bring we our have our, our brand. We only carry one brand, and that's ours. Then you need to so, go okay. Long Beach. Yeah, Long yeah. Beach Clothing Company. But we sell stuff internationally, and we do. Yeah, I won't tell you the numbers, but it's you need a Long Beach truck. It's a lot, then. It's a lot of Long Beach for apparel the, for the sh- for the shop. Got it. We Got it. yeah. I don't know what would be the the proper Long Beach classic truck. 
I or car. Know. I don't know. Well, that that would be kind of interesting. Because uh, everyone thinks to... that it's going to be a lowered car up on you know hydraulics or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Not like really. Snoop, Snoop Dogg style, nah, something like that. Nah. No, you can there's a truck. lot of classic trucks. Or a lot, a lot of hot rods. Mini truck. Long Beach mini truck. No, I, I feel like I don't think there classic? was the mini truck scene wasn't all that. Yeah, big it, and long it, beach. No, it yeah. was it was an Orange County thing. Sure. I don't, tell me what a mini truck is. A mini truck, I don't know. Home and, uh, we try it. It yeah, happened in the eighties. Basically, a, a, a early eighties to mid nineties Japanese. Right. So, like the truck. Chevy Love and stuff like that. Well, uh, no. A little after Chevy Love, so like uh, Nissan uh, hard body or Toyota slammed to the ground and usually had some eighties love. How old are you? Uh, I'm forty eight years old. So Nate, that's the perfect age. So when you well, where did you grow up? You're not from here, I, are you? No, I grew up in a small town in Ohio. It, Southern California had happened around the country, but really, it was here. It was Texas. It was throughout the South. It was yeah. mini, mini trucks. Were, they were they were uh, stock or lowered stance, um, and and it was the first kind of like hot rod scene since hot rods in the fifties, I think. Right, and yeah. okay. for, for that was the youth had gone through a long dry spell of. Not, not really modifying cars. And trucks were super affordable. You came out of the uh, gas crisis, so they all had four-cylinder engines, so they were right. fuel efficient, and they were affordable, and they were... Yeah, you're buying, you're going to the Toyota dealership, and you're, you're, you're taking every, all of your milk money and yeah. everything, scraping it together for a $6,500 bone stock truck, roll-up windows, the whole thing. And over the next two years, you're spending every penny you have in speakers, interior, yep. suspension, paint, paint wheels, wheels tires. tires. Yeah. And so um, the mini trucking scene in the 80s was gargantuan out here. But yeah. then it died a very quick death. Now, were, were they lowered and, and, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. souped up the way they, they, they do the C10s these days? Sort of like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Slam. More, more uh, so like today's C10s are usually like either a patina or a really tasteful paint job. These were yeah. not tasteful with paint jobs. These were loud, brass, no, these, these, in your This face. is Miami Vice yes. is what this was. Yes. These were these were all the crazy. There weren't pinstripes. These were like flames and these weird geometric shapes that didn't age well for the most part. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sounds terrible. It was it was horrible. But now there's much love for them. If you, you just look back. up, if you just look up, just Google mini truck yeah. or mini trucking with M right, you know, yeah. truck in without the G. You'll be overwhelmed on Google Images. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. all of this. Uh, you're like, oh my god! I had no I idea. This? Yeah, exactly. You, right? you, if you did, if you found a mini truck out there and did a T-shirt, I guarantee you it would explode. It would crush. <laughs> it would Fantastic. crush. Okay. In the SoCal okay. world, that is a big deal. If people want to see all of your shirts, they can go to CaliforniaGrilledTees.com. Correct. That is correct. Yes. Okay. And then uh, your socials. Uh, Instagram is at California Grilled Tees. Super easy, yeah, and that, and that's it. And and uh, uh, lightning the pictures from Alaska on Instagram are amazing. Oh, thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. I'm still exhausted. That's why my my head is just I'm still scrambled eggs up in there. Like it's it. just um, we were it's, going on stuff. So I'm not the kind of guy that goes to Hawaii and wants to sit and lounge and have a margarita and the whole thing. And you know, I'm not that dude. Like I go somewhere and I explore to where I I pass out at night. You know where I just. Yeah. Barely make it to the hotel room. But in all and honesty, you so, do that every day too. I do that. Like that's, I you work. You ping yourself. I, I definitely burn the candle at both ends. No question. But Alaska was so much fun. I you know we went. I took my two. I have two young boys, and and we we did. Uh, we took a, the the Alaskan uh, the railway. We went up. We rented a plane for three four hours. We went over the glaciers. We went in a. I, we went on a cruise. Can you be we my did, dad? It was it was <laughs> nuts, and it was only four and a half days. So, oh really? Yeah, it was four and a half. How you days. crammed it in, dude? Yeah, that's what she said. And like, <laughs> it was it was 
Yeah, nonstop. But I, I recommend it. So we stayed in Anchorage, and then we went right. down to Seward. I would have loved to go to Homer. We just didn't have enough time. And uh, yeah, if you can get up to I, Alaska, do so. You know, and, and oh, here's, I've, here's I've, why I've I went. I spent a great deal of time up there. It's one of my favorite and, places. Ned, yeah. here's why I went. It's because it was cheaper than going to Seattle. I was going to go huh. visit Bean, one of the guys that I used to work with on K-Rock, and it was right. the morning show host. And he's got a house up in Seattle. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go visit Bean with the kids. And I looked at the prices. It was cheaper to go to Alaska. Right. I could fly and- over the next country <laughs> and land in Alaska for less money. They'd probably have way more fun. Yeah, and, it's, and I and I booked what I thought was a pretty reasonable hotel, and I walked in. They go, "Oh, you just missed uh, Obama." I go, like, <laughs> "Like the president Obama? Yeah, he just he just left." He's what? So that was kind of cool. And, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, Captain Cook Hotel, if you get the chance, pretty cool. Okay. So yeah, Nat, thank you very much. Appreciate awesome. you uh, you checking in with us and and California Grilled Teas. If you guys want to check out some amazing photography uh, printed on you know a tea that you can wear around or printed on a print where you can hang on your wall. I mean that's cool, but you can't really show it off the same as a tea. Well, I mean definitely not as many people are going to come in your house and see it as they would on your t-shirt. No, right? exactly. But if right. you're for you truck guys out there, the uh, the Atwater Village, which, which is the uh, sixty-seven to seventy. Um, to C10, the Altadena, which is the 73 to 79 Ford F-Series dent side. And then, of course, their uh, their first color, uh, the old 59 GMC Culver City print. Check them out, CaliforniaGrillTees.com. Really appreciate it, fellas. Cool. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Have a good one. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Holman time for the inbox. Oh, it's like my favorite time of year. You eat now? Yeah. Did I say it's my favorite time of year? <laughs> that's my favorite time of the you just show. just stop the intro with something that doesn't make any sense. I know what oh, shh, saying. shh, shh. I email. Let's do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right. Now you can have time for your inane commentary. Still dancing. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> All right, what you got? You want to start? Yeah, go for it. Okay, then. This one's from Matthew. He says, hey, guys, I've been curious as to what the official rules are on diesel emissions in California per the year of the vehicle, specifically second-gen 24-valve uh, Cummins. So what I found on forums and as such goes as follows. Pre-1998 and a half, 12-valve Cummins, no smog. Anything goes. 1998 and a half to 2002, 24 valve Cummins, question marks. Well, these don't have catalytic converters or DPFs, so they will never meet the standards of 2003 plus third gen common rail Cummins. So what do they check? Or do these go under the 12 valve rules in that they don't smog them at all? So this seems to be a very gray area that I can't find any standards for. If you guys could shed some light on this, I'd appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. All right, well, super simple. Go to dmv.ca.gov, which is the California Department of Motor Vehicles website. You don't think that he tried that? Well, I have the answer right here, sitting right on the website. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so essentially, uh, diesel-powered vehicles, 98 model and newer, with a gross vehicle weight rating no more than 14,000 pounds. That's your typical diesel-powered three-quarter ton, one-ton trucks. Uh, and specialty constructed vehicles using a diesel, 76 and newer, do require a smog certification. And the six or less model years old rule does not apply to these vehicles. And they do need, I believe it's a biannual smog. So I'm still confused. Hold on a second. So, so wait, reading his email again, if he's got... 98 a, and newer needs yeah, a smog. 
98 newer needs 98, a smog. Yeah, 98 newer needs smog. But that, but he says right here that they don't have any, they don't have any catal- catalytic converters or DPFs. Uh, 98 newer in California needs a smog. Well, then, ha- but they don't. They won't meet the standards. What standards? That's what he's asking. He said they will never meet the standards of a 2003. Of a 2003. Plus. They're not. They're not smogging them for 2003. Oh. Oh, so it's not just a general yeah, old, rule. Yeah, older, older vehicles can be dirtier so, than newer vehicles. Oh, so, so dear, yeah. okay, got it. So you're going to get your truck smogged, Matt, and they, but they're going to have different rules for your truck. Yeah, yeah. So again, diesel-powered vehicles, 98 model year and newer with a gross vehicle weight rating of no more than 14,000 pounds will require smog. And if you have a diesel-powered 1997 model year older with a gross vehicle weight rating of 14,000 pounds or less, mm-hmm. no smog. Oh, so that's basically okay. the the California delineation is right in there in, in gotcha. that model year range. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I've got uh, I've got one here from uh, from Seth, and Seth says, "Hey guys, I love Ted's interview. Speaking of Ted Moncure, who we had on our last episode, and hearing about the early days of TRD and all the engineering that goes into the four wheel parts inventory, I had always dismissed four wheel parts brands like Procomp as the too low budget options. Yeah. You know what? Can I can I pause that here? Yeah. Do I script your story? I was concerned with that. Yeah. Because in Southern California, where four-wheel parts started, sure. it was the lower budget option always. And and they kind of knew that. They they didn't. But it's changing. And I thought that's why we would give Ted a voice because they are putting so much into this and they are competing against and, those and, and A-plus brands. There's also there's a difference between budget and quality, right? Uh, I well, th- not I, not to a lot of people. Well, they're like if you get what you pay for, and so they so, figure you're getting less. Yeah, but sort of. I, from the point I'm trying to make is with four wheel parts is there was a time when they had the the bottom of the rung stuff, but most of their stuff was pretty decent, uh, even though they offered it at a cheaper price. I know Ted talked about their economies of scale, and that's why they could have those things priced that way. And the reason that we wanted Ted to come in is because. He came from a place where he was engineering OE suspensions, and so he came from a place that has really helped Foro Parts, Pro Comp, Rubicon Express elevate their game to a, a higher level, higher echelon. So I think that was really important for for people to hear that story. And uh, Seth continues, hearing about all the work they put into their products has definitely moved them up the ladder in my book. And I wanted to make sure I understood him when he said the 3.4 liter Toyota engine, the first generation Tacoma 01, would make 270 horsepower with an intake and exhaust. Am I understanding this correctly? That seems too good to be true, but if it is, I have a plan for my new truck. I believe he's saying that was with the blower. Yeah, I think he was too. Yeah. Uh, and then, by the way, I'm the guy that wrote back a while ago about the Carolina squat stance and the 85 Land Cruiser. I realized I forgot to give you all my address for the shirt and that message. So anyway, keep up the good work. Seth Anderson, size XL. Nice. <laughs> all right, this one's from Richard Boo His. Exactly. I look in my podcast feed, all excited that a new episode has dropped already. And what do I find? A two-minute trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So sorry about that, guys. So we had a meeting with Apple, and Apple said that they have the new ability to uh, introduce trailers. So if you do a trailer so that people can kind of hear a quick snippet of the show, it will stay at the top of of the feed when you look at all the episodes that were available. And so Apple said one of the things that they like new shows like ours to do is to have a trailer. So we put it in. But we had no idea how it would show up. And it showed up basically as a normal episode. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We, and we honestly thought it would be just, it, it wouldn't be surfaced in your feeds. No, we thought it would just live at the top of the content well, and you would find it if you wanted it, but it wasn't going to push it out. Well, over a thousand of you have listened to the, to the trailer so far. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. 
it was not intended to be any kind of an episode, and uh, you weren't supposed to be alerted that it was there. <laughs> but Whoops. there it is. All right. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, um, and then Richard goes on to say, truck nuts, <laughs> it's got to be the pinata at your truck show <laughs> podcast first anniversary party. <laughs> yes, gold plated truck I nuts. I don't want to hit a set of truck nuts with, with a bat. Yeah. Run them over the truck. What are you talking about? What kind of bat? Run, what? Just hit them. It's a, if it's a pinata, they're not pinatas. No, we weren't really going to bust it open. Oh, we're just going to have it hanging? Yeah. Oh, we should have a mirrored one, like a disco ball, and they can rotate in oh, the middle. Oh, yes. <laughs> mirrored truck nuts rotating. Oh, what if that was some sort of award we gave out? <gasps> Best guest of the last year or something gets like the Chrome Truck Nut Award? We award Polished nuts. We award- <laughs> No, because I've seen polished nuts before. Oh, have you? Okay. Oh, yeah. You can buy those. Guys who made them out of stainless steel, they've chromed them, you name Sounds it. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, not not that impressive, but okay. dude, mirror-balled b- truck nuts. Yeah. We award it at SEMA. <laughs> That's what we do. By the way, I hear that we might uh, be doing a bunch of shows at SEMA, which leads us to my next uh, email to read here. Okay. And uh, this is from Chris, and Chris says, hey guys, just finished this week's episode and really enjoyed the talk from Four Wheel Parts and how the aftermarket industry has grown. I feel like we need some bonus episodes randomly in the middle of the week because we need more Truck Show podcasts. Bonus! <laughs> and he says, and maybe some uncut episodes. I feel like they're not dragging out long enough. <laughs> oh, dude, uh, I he know. He says, it's great listening to you guys. I feel like I'm shooting the shit with a couple of friends. Thanks again for the T-shirt. My wife teases me every time I wear Do it. Do I need to edit these a little tighter? What? He said he feels like they're dragging out. Was he not being sarcastic? No, I think he meant that he really wants us to have longer episodes. I thought he was being completely sarcastic. No, no. Should I read it with a different inflection? Yeah, try it again. And maybe some uncut episodes. I feel like they're not dragging out long enough. There's no way to make that not sound sarcastic. And maybe some uncut episodes. I feel like they're not dragging out long enough. (laughs) 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 Master, monitor, key, engine, uh, anyway, guys, here's the deal. Um, Truckshowpodcast.gmail.com. Send us whatever you want. We'll read it. We have, uh, and, we've set a really low bar. And, we, and we'd, <laughs> lo- we'd love to do bonus episodes, but on Facebook, we had a, a number of people uh, throw in comments, w- which was awesome. Yeah, what happened? All of a sudden, it's like someone turned the comment button on. Which is funny, because we actually have more Facebook comments this week than emails, which is not normally the case. Well, we do want email. Yeah, so- Because I like it. G- Truckshowpodcast.gmail.com. Uh, so, Caesar writes, you guys are killing it. Always looking forward to the podcast. Robert says, great show again. Five stars! Five stars! All right. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. He says, you all could have gone on for probably a couple more hours. So, again, somebody else who wants more uh, more truck show. Who wants more of us? Our wives don't even want more of I us. Don't, I, I don't think our kids want more of no, us. No. I, no one wants more of us. Well, he does, but. Yeah, well, that's two people. Oh, so, we got two, we got two fans. Uh, Ryan Davidson, killing it. Gotta love hearing you read my N60 email. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the uh, Frontier Manual. Oh, right, right, right. And Sergio says, great show. I want to work for Ted. Keep up the good work, guys. Anthony says, my favorite podcast. Keep it up, fellas. And Travis says, great show, guys. And as far as four-wheel parts go, no stores up here in Alaska. I, hadn't I didn't that. see one. Because I know they have them in Hawaii. I was just in Anchorage, yeah. and I did not see one. How was Anchorage? It's, I, I had a great time. Did you see any good trucks up there? Uh, you know what? I saw an inordinate number of Rams. Interesting. Okay. I looked, I was, I'm hyper aware of every truck on the road, as sure. you can imagine. Yeah. And when I go to a new town, I'm like, I wonder what the truck- Mix. You know, the, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's always kind of a- Were they worky rams? Like, well, like, like, like work trucks, or were they towing They were towing, they were doing everything, RVs? but I saw a few pristine, they had to be 2015 or newer. Yeah. 
Nice truck. R- rimmed up. Uh, you, I don't see Rams typically lifted. That's kind of a southern, like a Florida thing. Um, but they, I, well, I think it's rims and tires. Have, Rams and, sit high already, and they have such big wheel wells. You can pretty put a pretty decent it's, size isn't little tire it, It's a little more complicated suspension to, to lift. Isn't Depen- it? Depends on what it is. Yeah. So I mean, the thirty five hundred, the Duallys, you can get basically quarter elliptical springs with airbags, or you can have all leaf springs. On the twenty five hundreds, it's got the uh, link coil set up in the rear. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's not hard to do. It's just I think Rams really benefit from a really good shock package, and you can fit a pretty big tire in there. So I'm driving with the kids down this Seward Highway, and I, I has a, oh, I, I rented a, uh, a Nissan uh, Pathfinder. Oh, cool, okay. Yeah, it just it was what was in the lot, and I yeah. just, I, they threw me the keys, and that's what it was. It was kind You're of like, a, yeah, it was Nissan a nice car. supports me. I'm going to support yeah, Nissan. I, I, I like it that. was just, I literally, I didn't choose it. It was came to me. All it right. was like, uh, Kismet. I don't know, it Kismet, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and you know what I discovered, and, and I, I missed it because it happened on July 4th. They do this event, and I, I forget the town, but they huck vehicles off the no. side of a cliff. So what yes. they do? So what they do is they've got a mechanism by which it pins the throttle, uh, and the guy pulls like um, a grenade, kind of yeah, like the pin, pin uh-huh. on a grenade. They run alongside of it and they pull it, and it goes, and there's thousands of people. Are there ramps or anything, that, or straight no, off the edge? It's straight off the that edge. That is awesome. And it goes and it lands on trees and breaks trees, and they try to hit. There's like a bullseye of yeah. sand and dirt <laughs> at the very bottom, dude. This is not. This is not like Huck Jam in Pismo Beach, California. Yeah. This is like a, I'm going to guess, a 500-foot cliff. It's just, wow. This is all, this is Destruction Derby Airborne. And all of the cars are, you know, they have vans, they have trucks, <laughs> they have, you know, old- Anything. Old, anything, anything that runs is on anything left Anything that runs and it's all painted, yeah. they gra- graffiti them up. <laughs> oh, my God. And What's it like, called? It's like in, uh, oh, God. I gotta find a video of this. I I, I, I don't a... know. Type it up real quick. See if you can find it. Say Alaska, um, car cliff. I don't know what you would even type in there. Alaska Fourth of July car cliff. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's what came up in there, Google. There, okay, so. Oh my God! It says. This YouTube video is called Cars Fly on the 4th of July. That's it. That's the one. That's the <laughs> and it's, one. It's, it's a painted up van that looks like it probably says free candy on the side That's or exactly right. Oh, my God. God, God it's worth awesome. going up there. And it's in, like, Glacier Town, or I don't even know what's, what, what town yeah, is Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? Uh, it says, forget the fireworks. Cars fly for Glacier View on the 4th of July. There it is. That is awesome. I had no idea. We've got to go up there on the 4th oh of July. Oh, my God. And, and I'm not typically one to travel on the 4th of July because it's so amazing here at home. You know, where I live, we have the biggest parade and everything west of the Mississippi, and it's like 100 years old, and they shut down PCH, and you can walk and bike, and it's and just Huntington crazy. Beach it's is awesome. all about for everyone. Uh, everyone is about 4th of July. Super patriot. Yeah. So I never, you know, I never... Uh, I usually don't leave Fourth of July because it's so awesome here, but I would leave to go see that. We should do the show. Oh from my up there. gosh, that would be awesome, epic. So we're talking about all this Alaska stuff, yeah. but you do—you were in Newfoundland. So I was as far east as you can go in North America. So you and I were on opposite sides of the continent for for several days. So I was closer to Russia than you were close than than you I, were to California. I was closer to Dublin, Ireland, than I was to home. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So. Uh, here, I have to Where say, were you up there? Because I've been in St. John's. St. John, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very cool little fishing town. Um, weather was awesome. Why? Dro- drove the 2019 uh, GMC Sierra 1500s. Oh. And, uh, so wait, wait, why did they, why? Just because they wanted to take us to a far off place to show off the truck, and it was pretty cool. 
So maybe we'll huh. we'll talk about uh, we'll do a truck review on the next one. And I'll talk about the GMC Sierra. You're gonna do a you're gonna do a truck review. Yeah, rolling golden dragon truck nuts. Mirrored ball truck nuts. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that maybe uh, maybe on the next episode. But yeah, so I was out there for that. Although I have to tell you, it's very disappointed. So I flew from here to Minneapolis to Toronto. By the way. The, I think it's Toronto Pearson Airport or something. Horrible airport. There was like a subway and a McDonald's and a pub, and it was like, I, I have. Well, there's no food here, dude. The uh, the the Anchorage, yes, uh, the Anchorage Airport. I forgot Tim Tim something whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. You guys are awesome. No, I know. Great awesome. airport. Great airport. So the the Toronto airport that we went through. Oh wait awful. wait 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 stop. Okay, if you if you're in Anchorage, go to 49th State Brewery. It's a it's a four story um, brew house and restaurant and it's awesome. Forty ninth state. Go okay, ahead. if Sorry. you're in Newfoundland, stop in the town of Dildo and you can stop at the Dildo <laughs> Museum. <laughs> True story. Gotta do that. <laughs> uh, there's a brewery and museum and a post office of the town of Dildo. What what do they feature in said museum? Um. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think fishing stuff. Sure, but I think they they play off it. There is, I understand, also, and I don't know if it's the Fourth of July. Uh, I believe there is a uh, town of dildo festival. <laughs> I, I'm not even making this up. It's dildo Newfoundland, okay. and it's called um, I, wait, dildo am, days. Am I dildo days? Dildo days. Uh, I is it? Oh, are we okay saying this stuff? <laughs> I mean, I, it is. I mean, it's a real town. It's a real town. Yeah, no, it's it's okay. It's humorous. Uh, but here's what I- <laughs> thanks for thanks for letting me know it's humorous. Yeah, well, um, uh, and then it's funny because the the they have a what they call the whimsical mascot, and he looks like the Gordon Fisherman, but he's like made out of like a solid hunk of wood or something. And they called him Captain Dildo, and he leads the parades, <laughs> which is well uh, wacky wacky uh, Canadians. Anyway, the whole reason I went, other than driving the jeep, was I wanted to prove the the rumor. That we've always been told as kids that toilet water no. flows backwards in Australia. <laughs> no, you're gonna say that. <laughs> no, that's a that's a front way swirl. I can tell by the audio. Oh, you can. Yeah, 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 you're, yeah, you're a professional. So, uh, the, here's the problem: all their toilets they're flushed straight down, like the jets go straight down the bowl. So I had no way to confirm whether or not that was true or not. Huh. <laughs> That's a waste of a trip, then. Yeah, I I would just say so. So I'm going. I'm going to redeem this because I want to go see a Newfoundland dog, a Newfie, in Newfoundland. Okay. And so my whole trip. Well, what's a Newfie? What do they look like? It's sort of like a big brown Saint Bernard. Lots of hair. A lot of big drool. Dogs, drool. A oh, ton of drool. Super friendly. Just awesome big dogs, right? And I, I love these things. And they just have the most mellow personalities. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, not one person in Newfoundland was walking a Newfie. They all had these like little terriers and stuff. I was so disappointed. <laughs> Sounds like a big letdown. Yeah, huge. Truck was <laughs> nice though. <laughs> dial and smile, my friend. Nope. Yeah. Just dialing. Hello. Is this Rory Connell? This is he. Rory, it's Lightning and Holman for the Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? I'm trying to figure out what is going on right now. How are you? Well, we've got you on a podcast, but before we can interview you, we've got something special. Don't move. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. The Polar Department! 
And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you'll want to come back. Rory Connell, you are in the parts department. That means you sell parts and accessories that we want and our wives may not want us to buy. That's what you exactly. are. <laughs> exactly. J- just, just like Tommy Boy, only better. <laughs> yes, I guess so. I guess so. All right. So if you guys, you don't know this, but you know Rory. And I and I'm not, we're not going to go down memory lane too much. But he is a repeat guest. He is. What do you mean he's a repeat he's guest? A repeat On this guest. show, yes. Yes, he is. No, but no, no, no. Rory. His, is, you're is, talking about his former life. His former life, yes. he was a TV star. That's right. And in his future life, he's going to be the mayor of the Valley of the Dirt People. <laughs> yes, he is. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> Rory, really briefly, and again, I won't dwell on this, but it did happen. It's your past, and a lot of people watched uh, watched the show. Explain what character you played on what show. Uh, I was Bo Brady from Days of Our Lives. <laughs> um, I was the. Uh, I used to work in fabrication and the parts department at West Coast Customs. So for many years, I was on their Discovery Channel series, Inside West Coast Customs, Street Customs. Uh, kind of went through a couple different names for different production companies, but uh, the non pimp my ride version of the West Coast Customs TV show series. So it, it wasn't as cornball as the original MTV series, right? And it had a little more authority, but you were, and you played many different roles there, at both in front and behind the camera, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, you know, I was a young kid coming out of Wyotech, went to tech school, um, thought I knew everything, uh, went through a couple different shops and then landed at West Coast Customs. And, you know, my first week there, I was cutting up a brand new Range Rover, uh, making it a two-door, which was cool, with Sean Mahaney, and then, uh, you know, kind of used my gift of gab to advance into the office space and uh, learned a lot of networking and networking with important people, which is, you know, largely helped set me up to where I'm at in my career today. So you learn all this behind the scenes, shucking and jiving with the with the important people, and you find yourself moving on from the show. It's still, I think Ryan still does, I don't know, it bounces from network to network. It's, I don't know what your feelings are about the show today, but you moved on and you started working in the in the aftermarket parts industry, right? And mm-hmm. um, what was the first company you, 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 you were doing sales or marketing for after having left West Coast Customs? So I left West Coast and immediately went to work for Callaway Cars or Callaway Engineering, which is the Callaway Corvettes, Camaros, supercharged trucks, because um, they were right around the corner from West Coast and I had built a relationship with those guys did parts and then uh, production management there for a couple of years I learned a lot there. And, you know, once again, in my twenties driving supercharged Corvettes all day. And that's know, a, that's yeah. a really respectable, you know, uh, outfit, outfit over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you go from like being like making pink <laughs> Bentleys for a Paris yeah. Hilton, right. To driving your Callaway Corvette with your pinky up. <laughs> yeah, try being a guy that's got to sit in traffic while driving a pink Bentley because I've done it before. And it's <laughs> that was your ju- that was your job, by the way, at one point for West Coast. Is yeah, you right. Were delivering the, those the porter vehicles. Yeah. So what? Yeah, yeah. How much of that? So how much of the West Coast Customs experience uh, helped you after you left? And then how much of it was real? Because I think everybody who listens to our show, we've had lots of guys on from different shows, and they're like, "How real was it? Is, is any of it real?" Um, well, you, you got to understand that the compressed timelines are always for 
they say, oh, we've got to get this done for this event. Well, that event is probably six months away, but the compressed timeline is really just for your production schedule. You know, whoever, whatever shop it is, they get paid a certain amount of money to do it in a certain amount of time. And every day they go over comes out of what they're making. It comes out of the budget because that production company has got to feed those, those camera people. They've got to, you know, film that time. So that's, that's why the compressed timelines come. So the timelines are all basically bogus. Most of the drama scripted, they do a really good job feeding it. You know, when I was younger, the first couple of years in my twenties, we had the same production crew. They would swap from American chopper over to us. So we oh my gosh, they are experts in muckraking. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They were, they were, they were perfect at it. Um, so you, you, you know, it's easy to become caught up in that, um, which you know, it is because you, your life becomes this twenty four seven revolving TV show, and you know, you think that oh my gosh, if I don't do this right, it's the end of the world or whatever. Because you're twenty one years old and you're on TV, um, so you know, most of I don't know. In the case of West Coast, you know, a lot of it was fake and a lot of, I, you know, I don't know. You can kind of see through it um, when you watch it from the other side. I guess it just depends. You know, it's about 50-50, I guess. I don't well, know. so a lot of the cars, you guys, like many of the TV shows, you'd build it, you get it on camera, and then you'd spend the next six months actually finishing it after the show aired, right? Well, some shops do that. I don't know about the one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Okay, we'll move, we'll move on. Yep, okay, so so here's what brings us to, to you today, Rory, and then you've been around aftermarket, like we said, and... You're now at a company called Advanced Accessory Concepts, correct? And what you do is you make switching systems. And wait, why? What does that have to do with my truck? All right. There's some other brands that you guys have heard of and uh, that do. So you've got a light bar on your truck or you have some, some KC highlights, whatever you have, and you need to control those. And Rory has the solution, and he has what I think is one of the most polished solutions so and back up just a second so typically in the past what you would have to do is you would have to tap into your vehicle electrical system to run your accessories and now with the advent of can bus which is an electronic or electrical architecture on new vehicles the system is car area network my friend yes the system is so sensitive because there's so many different inputs that any voltage drop could cause electrical problems. So you want to be able to to uh, install your electrical accessories, your your lights or whatever, separate and train out, horns, uh, train horns outside <laughs> of your uh, outside of your vehicle's electronics. So what these systems allow you to do is have an independent electrical system between your accessories off of your battery where you don't have to splice into your wiring harness. Well, look, guys have been doing this for, for 50 years, getting a bunch of Bosch 30-amp relays, and there's literally 18 of them under the hood, right, on the firewall, and you've got a, a bunch of crimp butt connectors splicing <laughs> everything together, and it's just a disaster under the hood, but that was the only way to do it. And then, God forbid, you try to do it under your dash or behind the seat, and then you light your interior on fire. You know, because you're talking... You know what they call hot, that? What's that? The smoke test. The smoke test, yeah. yeah. When the smoke comes out, the test is complete. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's been going on forever, and it wasn't until recently guys are like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Why isn't there a better solution for high amperage switching systems? And that's where Rory comes in. So, to dumb all of that very interesting stuff that you guys just said down for the normal person. Um, so basically what we make is, it's just like the circuit breaker on the side of your house. Power comes in from the street. Um, and then we break it up and put it into a bunch of different directions uh, for 12-volt accessories. So in, in our situation, we're pulling power right off the battery. We've got a four or six circuit or four or six switch module, um, three-wire hookup. You mount that under the hood next to the battery. 
Um, and then we have different amperage outputs. The four circuits are like 30s and 10s, and then we've got 30, 10s, and 5s. And in general, that'll cover 99% of your lighting and 12-volt accessories on the market. Um, what's unique about our product is we put it in a fully potted solid-state package, so there's no moving relays, um, so it's good for hot and cold temperatures, all waterproof, uh, so good for UTVs, you know, agricultural, commercial use. Uh, but where we really tried to take it to the next level is we're applying technology that already exists to your car. Now we're making all of our switches wireless. So everything runs off a wireless remote. So now we're eliminating half the wiring in the vehicle. So you no longer need to run wires through the firewall up through the dash. Um, oh, because going through those grommets <laughs> is always a pain. Well, and, and you also end up getting noise leaks and you have problems and you can get water inside. It's just not a good deal. Right. Yeah. So it literally, it cuts your wiring physically in half and your wiring time down to a quarter, which is great for shops, great for, you know, consumers. Either way, you can you can sell it as a positive. Um, then we throw a nice warranty on it. And then with that wireless technology, we're Bluetooth controlled. So your your cell phone, you know, your, any smartphone, tablet, usually has a lot more technology in it than most switches, <laughs> you know, <laughs> toggle switches. Um, so now we can use the phone to dim lights, strobe lights. We can monitor the battery in the vehicle. So if our lights are on while the vehicle's off, it'll tell us our voltage drop and send us a notification, hey, start the car. Or we can just set our low voltage cutoff so it doesn't go below that threshold to where the vehicle won't start. Um, so all sorts of cool things that we can build in and program now with, uh, you know, it's like I, I tell everyone, we're just, you know, products evolved. It's applying technology that already exists to the automobile, um, you know, in your everyday life. So what is yeah. the what is the switching console called? What's the trade name? Um, it's the trigger wireless accessory controller is the name of ours or trigger controller. Trigger um, controller. Uh, okay, got it. Yeah. And you can actually go to triggercontroller.com, which drops you on their product page inside their uh, their corporate website, which is aacbrands.com. Well, we're confusing yeah. them now. Just trigger controls. Yeah. A branding nightmare, I, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't you that came up with it. I have so it was uh, guys wearing some suits, right? Yeah, yeah. And the AAC is strategic because when you go to look us up at any major warehouse or distributor, we're listed first. It's us or advanced adapters because it's two A's. So, and yeah. so, who, Roy? Who designs these? Are how much input do you have? Because you are. So I, I people don't know this. We spent some time <laughs> together out in. Uh, uh, Johnson Valley at King of the Hammers. I, I crashed in your uh, in your RV, which I appreciate. You crashed his RV. I, I did not crash. Yeah, are you it. still friends? It was. It well, was did you have insurance? Crashed in it. Why would you crash inside? Were you drunk? <laughs> he, he, he froze. He. I felt so. <laughs> I felt so bad. Steady, Betty. No, I was freezing my ass off, and about uh, four a.m. I, I feel this just warmth start, and it, Rory had thrown a big blanket uh, over me. That's better than him peeing on you. So that's true. Well, it's steady, Betty. She's a ninety-four. You know, she's got a big block. You know, she'll run forever. <laughs> Crack manifolds, but. Uh, she, the heater just didn't want to work anymore. And then I had like one of those heater buddies and I put it like right next to me and I woke up and I was like, oh man, I bet Jay's freezing. And I was like back there sweating. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was dying. But you, um, so you we were, were heater buddies. We were, we were hanging out and, and Rory is, is quite the pro out there. And, um, I, you know, it, it was interesting to watch you kind of work your, work your magic with the off-road crew out there. They like what they like, and it takes them a while to warm up to new products. And you had the ability to just, within minutes, you had them eaten out of your hands. It was kind of cool to watch. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it, it really comes down to just really loving what you do. You know, and it, it's, I, got a, I got a dream job, you know. 
I, I get to go. I get paid. You know, you were hanging out with me at King of the Hammers, and I was like, the only thing better is getting paid to be. I'm literally getting paid, money deposited in my pay, my bank account to be out of like the biggest off road event in the world. But right. let's let's be honest with uh, with lightning crashing uh, inside your RV, every dollar was worth it, right? I mean, because I'm sure you had to clean that thing when you were done. Nah, no, dude, I'm clean. He's hospitable. I took him on a night run. I took him over to the dunes. I had never been around. out there, dude. No, he was awesome. my chauffeur. He like schooled me. What it did you guys? Cool. Did you have like a UTV or a truck or what? Where, where'd you go around? Dude, here? dude, I got a dirt Cadillac, bro. I got a fifth gen forerunner on icons. Yeah, so. <laughs> dirt caddy. <laughs> Tell me the difference. Tell me the difference in circuitry on these things and the and the and the price levels. Okay, so we've got a we've got our entry level four circuit uh, system. Uh, it's two thirty amp outputs to uh, ten amp outputs. Uh, that's kind of what we came to market with. And through that, you know, you asked what type of input I had. You know, I, I this product had already been created. And when I came on board, I was actually the VP of Gibson Exhaust. And these guys, I don't even know where they found me, like a headhunter. And they're like, hey, we got this product. Do you think you could sell it? And I look at it, I was like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it was a really good opportunity to work for some people that had industry experience. So come to market with this four-circuit switch, 230-amp outputs, 210-amp outputs. It's only, you know, latched on, off. So there's no momentary, no program functionality, but we have the ability to do that through the app. So we we evolved to the six switch unit to where we've got two thirties, two tens, and two fives with rockers with all these programming features, the battery monitoring, like I said. And then now this year we're working on a Bluetooth relay. Um, so it's already done. It's just a matter of shipping, really. Um, but now now everybody, you know, one of the things I heard is, oh, I've already got a light bar wired, but I want to be able to dim and strobe my lights. So now you can just pull out your standard 40-amp relay, pop this one in there, download the app, connect to that one relay, and you can do all the functions. No kidding. And that's that's on any light bar, not one that's necessarily... <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's not just for a light bar. We use light bars as the example, because sure. visually that's what people see. But, you know, it's anything with a relay. You can use that on a fuel pump as a... As a you know, a kill switch. You can use oh, it as a door. Well, like, how about a transfer tank or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 We've, we've got, you know, and these trigger units, we're putting them in RVs because now it's like MTV cribs for your trailer. You can control everything from a tablet. You can dim your lights. You can turn your lights on and off. You can monitor your house battery levels. Um, are you doing, RVs. are you doing like limousines and stuff too now? I uh, haven't really got there. Um, that's kind of a, it's kind of a questionable industry. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who takes a perfectly good car, cuts it in half, and then makes it longer. No, uh, it's, know. you know what's interesting? In Orange County, there are a couple of manufacturers couple, of, yeah. of no of limousines yeah. that have done jail time. Yeah. Why, yeah, yeah. why so, is that? You know, just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think that... I kind of feel like it's the you van know, conversion guys that sort of grew up and went, huh, if I could do this know, with vans, I could do this with limos. You know, yeah, there's there's some people that you know everybody that builds limos like a character, and they're all like larger. What was uh, Vinny, right? Vinny Bergman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, limousine industry is awesome. We don't really do anything there, but it's perfectly logical. You know, anything with a battery really and switches um, it'll work on. So, can you daisy chain these things together, or because for instance, in my truck, I've got twelve thirty amp relays. Yeah, you can. And you I can use actually... all of them. I could actually use two more. You can stack them. The remotes you program independently to communicate with the box, and then in the app you can stack up to three units. And then say you've got six switches, you can, and then you add a bunch of independent relays, or you just want to replace your relays. You know, like you, you've got, um, you can do up to eight switches on a screen, and then you just swipe to the next screen. So all your relays that you had, if you theoretically wanted to convert them over, you would just drop our relays in, 
and then just populate the app with those. So, Rory, we've got a truck. We're looking. We're we're, we're buying light bars like everybody else. We're doing you know ground effects lighting or whatever we're doing. Where do we buy the product? Do I am I going to Four Wheel Parts? Am I going to the site? Uh, you can you can go to Four Wheel Parts. You can go to Quadratech. You can go to Amazon. You can go to Morris Four by Four. You can go to your local shop. Um, being a startup company, we have the great ability to diversify our, our consumer base because we all have industry experience. Um, and we it's been a lot of fun building a brand and rolling out a pricing policy where everybody who touches the product makes money. So no matter who you buy it from, somebody's making money. So I, you know, and shop around. You know, we we've got enough margin in the product for the people who are selling it to be competitive to give the consumer a good value. Um, so any anywhere, you know. All those places I named, plus plus many more. Um, you should never, you should never do that to someone because all the people I missed are going to call me tomorrow pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So again, if you want to uh, check it out, go to uh, triggercontroller.com, and then uh, let's shift gears here momentarily. Uh, I'm really curious. Uh, you reached out for an opportunity that I'm personally excited about, and uh, that's the SEMA Launchpad competition. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? <clears throat> so through all of this, starting at West Coast, I've been. Very fortunate to be exposed to SEMA uh, staff and volunteers. So I myself serve and have served within what is called SEMA Yen, which is Young Executive Network. And we were basically a, a network of everyone under the age of 40 um, within the automotive aftermarket. And one of the problems that we have is a high attrition rate of, you know, the graying of the industry, basically. Um, and we're not getting a lot of new people, younger people in. We're losing jobs to technology companies and stuff like that. So the goal with SEMA Launchpad was just like a Shark Tank style event. Um, how can we bring some young entrepreneurs that are bringing automotive based products and really highlight them in a competition? So it's just like Shark Tank, but we call it Launchpad for trademark reasons. And, you know, young entrepreneurs enter anything from a, you know, a, a special tailgate to a, a toolbox uh, organizer to software. They all come together and they get on stage with some judges. Uh, Mr. Holman, uh, I believe, is going to be one this year. Um, yeah, if, uh, Bri if Brian ever returns my email. So we just had our yeah. email at our company changed over. And half the people I email, my email goes to their spam. So Brian's like, hey, uh, trying to connect with you. I'm like, yeah, I sent you like three emails. So I may <laughs> nope. just have to respond back to him on my personal email because apparently it's not getting through on my on my work email. But yes, yeah, he, he asked me, he's, he asked me, I was like, well, he checked into like Newfoundland, Newfoundland the other day. <laughs> so true. it looks like he's busy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% in um, and I, I accepted the invite. I'm looking forward to being a part of this. Looks looks awesome. Well, I, I'm so, curious. So, so how how does someone uh, enter? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a 20, so, 24 so, year old dude, and I've got some great ideas. What do I do? So you, you can just Google SEMA Launchpad, S E M A Launchpad. Um, you know, right now we're in the voting stages, so um, voting closes on September sixth um, for our ten finalists that'll go. We have fifteen semifinalists right now. The top ten that make it through the voting portion. So if you go to SEMA Launchpad online, um, you'll see all the different competitors and their videos, and you can vote for which one you like. We'll take 10 to the finals, and then from that, those 10 will pick a winner. The winner gets like 10 grand in cash. They get uh, a free booth at SEMA. These 10 competitors get Well, by the 10. way, hold on. A free oh, booth huge. at SEMA is well, – wow. And, and this year, the cool thing is, well, the last couple of years, all 10 of those semifinalists, well, all the 10 of those finalists get a small kiosk. And this wow, year, that's yeah, pretty cool. This year, we've added the ability for anyone that wants to, they can actually enter their products in the new product showcase. 
Oh my which lord! Is cool. So Dude, you that's guys, a big deal. It was, you guys, I, yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to convey how important this show is to the industry yeah. and how um you really well we, we talked to Aaron from Any Level Lift. Yep. And I think yeah, Rory, yeah. you know Aaron, right? And yeah, Aaron and so, Aldrich. Yeah, Aaron Aldrich, exactly. And he won an award at SEMA, and it literally it blew up his business in days. It, it, he won Launchpad. Correct. Won Launchpad. And it really, it does amazing. And so the booths there sell out in advance, and they're tens, Very of, expensive. tens of thousands if, of dollars. If not hundreds you, of thousands of dollars for the big uh, ones. Yeah, I'm talking about, this is not, hold on, this is not, this is not a little car show where you go, hey, it's 150 bucks to bring your booth and you can, no, no, no. And you can sell t-shirts. SEMA is the, I believe, the second largest trade show in Las Vegas behind Consumer Electronics Show. And I believe SEMA brings in, I want to say, 125,000 people. And we were up, we're up in, every year we're up in attendees, up in square footage and, um, you know, this year will be a little different at the show um, because they're, the Las Vegas Convention Center is expanding into that gold bot, what used to be the Riviera. Oh, you know, yeah. Over there, where they had the SEMA Ignited, the after show, car show. So yeah. The, the car show, I guess, is moving out back to the Platinum lot. So now the SEMA Cruise, instead of going out the front, I, I'm assuming we'll go out the back or we're going to go out the front through the tunnel. I don't know. Um, so, you know, it, it'll change the dynamic. But, yeah, the show's huge. Um, the boost space is, you know, amazing, um, you know, award to win. You know, it's an amazing prize. Aaron Aldrich got stuck like right there in the lobby in front of the North Hall, like right next to like Acura and Jay Leno's garage. Like right when you walked in. <laughs> Pretty damn door. good placement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A lot of people have done really, really well um, after winning Launchpad. You know, the guy that won the first Launchpad is a... Uh, I'm the publisher of Hot Rod Magazine now, hanging out with you guys over there at 10, or whatever you guys are called now. Discovery. Oh, that's right. He created, hold on a second, I know this. Uh, Johnny Mill? Johnny Mill, yes. Yeah. He built, well, he, he invented, what the hell was it, a braking system, a, a, like an, a parking brake system? Yeah, an electronic e-brake. Um, an electronic emergency brake system. For like Hot Rods, yeah. Which is hilarious because I literally work with the guy and see him every single day. No idea. You didn't know that? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we're more proud of him than he is of us, but, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> that's reasonable when there's guys like you. <laughs> okay. All right. So, all right. So, we, all right, we, we've just been passing the time. Let's, let's get down at Brax Tax right here, my friend. You're going to be the mayor of Corona soon, aren't you? Corona, <laughs> I California. Don't I don't know about that. What's up with you and politics and what's going on? And I, and so, you guys don't know this, but like we're watching Rory's uh, Facebook, Facebook feed, feed, yeah, and he's like, "Vote for me!" And no, 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 like no, no. City council, well, whatever back he's doing. So, so there was uh, some big hubbub in the town that he's from. Uh, was it fire and police services or something like that, or there was some? I don't remember. You were angry about something. They wanted to cut funding or something, something on some right? public service, right? So anyway, so so Rory was angry, and then I watched his posts get angrier and like more indignant about how this could be happening in his beloved town and then all of a sudden he's like that's it i'm running for city council and it's like sweet this is it's been fun to watch yeah it's it you know honestly it's i'm 33 and it's been a lot of fun you know i, I don't that's not true well to rory it's not that's not true because you've been pissed off and you've been very passionate it hasn't been all fun because this is work don't lie it's work Yes, but for me, you know, it's a learning experience. I, if I can continue to tell myself that I have the least to lose, and no matter if I win or lose, I'm young enough to fail and try again, and always remember that. Um, 
I'll be fine. You know, there are times I'll be honest with you where you get stressed out. You, you, you worry about those little things and, you know, the aspect of social media in that, that echo chamber people get into in some of these Facebook groups, um, it's hard to manage. Um, and you, you worry, oh, man, can the whole world see this? It's it's definitely a learning experience. I guess, you know, it, most people that know me, that I'm, I'm pretty much <clears throat> full throttle all the time, and I like to keep moving. And I really, this town that I grew up in created a lot of opportunities for me. I've only had one job outside of Corona. I've literally built a career in the automotive aftermarket here. Um, traveled the world, um, done things. And I guess for me, I just want to make sure all those opportunities are available for my child and all the other kids that like cars and dirt bikes and stuff like that. Well, here's what I love. <laughs> I, I've never run for office, but I will say that I have, in high school, I wanted to do the announcements. And so I ran against a popular guy for announcements. And everybody said, why are you running? You're going to lose. I said, because all of you people who are bitching and moaning about how you don't like them being done do not have a say to complain next year because you didn't try and fix it. And so I'm all for anybody who who is going to put their, themselves out there to f- go fix the problem. Whether you get elected or not, my friend, you can complain and bring pitchforks and uh, torches all you want because you tried to fix it and make it better for people. I was almost a campaign chief for my buddy Brad, who is going to run for the mayor of Hermosa Beach, California. The other HB. That's correct, the other HB. And he was running, and um, he didn't do it because ultimately he didn't want to disclose his income because he makes an absurd amount of money for someone as young as he is. But he um, was running on the campaign. Uh, He was telling everyone that if I win, I will make it rain beer. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and I so great I, platform. So I reached out to a couple uh, companies, and we were going to rent a rain truck. You know when you see a movie and it's always raining on the movie? That's fake rain. <laughs> they use a crane system, and they spray. It's like sprinklers. I thought you were going to use down. like a crop duster, fill it with like you know IPA, <laughs> nope. and just. And uh, we were going to go down to the Hermosa Beach Pier and piss off the uh, Coastal <laughs> Commission, and we were going to literally make it rain beer on people. We had all, the whole thing was scoped out, and then he pulled the plug at the last minute. So, uh, Rory, what's your platform? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, honestly, you know, volunteering within the last eight years in the industry, I've learned a lot. Um, SEMA SEMA as an industry, they invest a lot in the youth, and they they teach you how to think strategically versus operationally. And for me, it's really just how can I take that knowledge that I've learned as a young person and really implement a strategic vision? Because it's not just here in Corona. It's anywhere you go. You know, most people are just kicking the can down the road um, because a lot of the people that get elected in municipal positions don't have that kind of training and they're not taught to think with that vision. So I'm not really going to make any promises other than to put a strategic vision and focus on how we can make this place better. So you need a concerned. you need a strategy on how to keep that damn dog quiet in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, tr- trust me. If I had that strategy, I'd sleep a lot better. Rory, as long as you 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 promised, you need one promise, and that's to drink a beer. If you win, uh, then that's good by me. I can make that promise. Uh. So on on Facebook for for those of you who uh, who live in Corona, and I actually know we have some listeners who uh, who are in Corona, what, like three. We probably have at least three. So uh, uh, if if. Rory wins by three votes. We're taking credit for it. Uh, yeah, you know. At, at Connell for Corona, that's two N's and two L's. Connell for Corona on yeah. uh, on Facebook. Yeah, feel free to donate. You know, I am going up against, like, union money and all that stuff. So, you, know. you are the underdog. That's not, that, no question about that. 
you know, at least I can die knowing I'm the best looking candidate in my district, right? <laughs> Those must be some ugly ass dudes. <laughs> you know, seriously, especially when you're self proclaiming yeah. your uh, attractiveness. <laughs> you, you gentlemen are too kind. <laughs> All right, so Trigger, what is the damn website again? <laughs> Trigger, TriggerController.com. TriggerController.com is where you need to go for all of your switching needs, my friends. Can I tell you guys about my new trailer? What? I, no. I got, a new, I got an X-Venture trailer this weekend. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's like one of those crazy off-road overland trailers. Yeah. What does it do? Because it's got to be extreme I'm if pretty it's got sure. X in the title. Did you post a picture of that thing? Yeah, dude. It yeah. is legit. It is like the same company that makes all the trailers for the U.S. military. And it's ultra lightweight, and it's one of those things where you just sit and stare at the craftsmanship, and you're like, "Damn, this thing's really nice. How do I own this?" You know why Rory <laughs> got that? Because it's a write-off for business. Well, it might be, but you know why Rory got that? I I know I don't because there's a there's a like rooftop tent mounted on it, right? So when it elevates. There's only room for one, so you can't crash anymore. At the, <laughs> <laughs> what a dick! <laughs> ah. All right, Rory, thanks for hanging out with us for a little while. Appreciate right, it, brother. Gentlemen. Talk to you soon. All right, later. He hung up on us. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I would have hung up on yeah, us. We were, we were dicks. Well, you know, people asked for a longer episode. I think we delivered this week. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, the problem is, is that we um, there was more suckage on this episode than I think we've had in a while. We had five hits in a row. We're allowed to have an off week. We are. I don't think so. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, Still fun to sing to. Oh, I love that. Hey, uh, send us your email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, truckshowpodcast at gmail. Did I slur? Yeah. <laughs> gmail drum. Dr- yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm drunk with happiness. Oh, yay. <laughs> uh, okay, well, at truckshowpodcast on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, send us those pictures of you wearing our shirts. Where are all the shirt pictures? Yeah, you know, if we sent you a Truck Show Podcast t-shirt, just send us an email. It doesn't have to be a sexy time photo or anything please, like that. No, not know? only does it not have to be, please don't allow it to be. Oh, I forgot we had such a male-heavy <laughs> audience, and that could be ugly. And you know what? Show some love to Nissan. Hit up your local Nissan dealer, because they've got amazing trucks that you need to know about and sit in and buy and enjoy. And tell them the Truck Show Podcast sent you. Yeah, do that.